Kwanza presents SCP. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wild. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is, if I take my Meatless Monday pizza from Panago Pizza and I put it on waivers and Jesse claims it, Mm-hmm. With my Beyond Meat Spicy Calabrese, right? So yes. Jesse claims that because he puts in a claim. I can reclaim my pizza back from Jesse because there's takesies, backsies yes. in the MLB. And then I'd have to work out a trade wherein Jesse would have to trade me half of his Hawaiian pizza or something like that. Kind of. Kind of. Yes. Okay. How, I need like, a, I need, Jesse is my baseball translator. Because it's, it's Meatless <laughs> Monday. Yes. And and we're talking about a Blue Jay that just got claimed. But Freddie Galvis. So he's on waivers. But, yeah. but then the Jays are like, but no, but no. <laughs> oh, but wait a sec. We need to baseball this a little bit. Yeah. yeah. This isn't nearly complicated enough. So, Jesse, please explain. So, in baseball, there's a thing called the trade deadline. Yes. But in baseball, because it's baseball, they also have a non-waiver trade but deadline. But wasn't that synced up with the trade deadline this Not year? Na- next year, the, this thing will be, this weird thing will be gone. Because they're having one solid trade deadline. But still, the old rules, this is the last year that it would be in place. And August 31st is the non-waiver trade deadline. Meaning that if you clear waivers, then you can be traded freely like a player. So, in theory, the player that could get the World Series winning home run can be acquired after the trade deadline. After one of the trade deadlines. After one of the trade deadlines. There's a second trade deadline. That also exists, which is the 31st. When after the 31st, then you're not allowed to make any trades. Wait, are you sure? Yeah. Damn. Beba. What a, what a nutty Unless it, it, I'm pretty sure it didn't switch this year. Did it? I, I don't know. Well, I no. guess we'll find out. It was just yeah. looks like Freddie Galvis was just claimed, and we can update that as we go. Yeah, but so in August, everybody on the everybody on the roster is kind of on waivers, because you in baseball you have revocable rave waivers. So if somebody gets claimed, you can revoke them and take them back. So you, you can go no 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 no. Yeah, if somebody but gets I claimed, you can it. be like, hey, I I don't want them to go to that team. We're gonna keep them, and then they have to stay with your your uh, major league club, and they can't go down. That is beyond confusing. Yeah, Adam. What should I have to alleviate my beyond confusion? Well, <laughs> I would say some beyond meat, Steve. <laughs> wow. If you go to panago.com. Very easy. Italian sausage crumbles what I'd go for. Because, mm. because Steve, I would describe you as an Italian sausage crumbling after Game 7 against Boston Oh, this my year. God. Why? 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 <laughs> well, I was feeling pretty spicy that night. I was feeling very, very spicy. You know what? I would talk about that. I would talk about that game for an hour. Just for the ability to talk about hockey. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, listen, you can get a whole bunch of Beyond Meat pizzas, including the plant-based spicy Hawaiian with sweet and tropical uh, sauce, meat-free pepperoni, hot banana peppers, jalapeno peppers, chili flakes, pineapples, and of course, dairy-free diet cheese. Personal pizza, only $7.50. Panago.com. Order yours today and try it out. It's summer. You just listed two kinds of peppers I actually eat. There, there you go. Yeah, because uh, there are that is confusing for people. They don't. I think when when we say you don't eat peppers, people they don't, don't realize understand. it's red, yellow, and green, basically, yeah, right? They they think I'm one of those guys who thinks ketchup is spicy. Yes, no. and you like jalapeno peppers. I love all hot things. I can't do bell peppers. That's so interesting. They're I in the family. Don't know what it is. They're like your uncle Rocky. They they are like my uncle Rocky, but but not not the Rocco. same. Rocco, just not the same. 
Yeah, and okay. Leonardo. I got half the Ninja Turtles <laughs> in my uncle's. No Donatello. Uh, no not, Raphael. Not yet. Not yet. Never oh, underestimate. Somebody will be related to somebody else named near marriage. My no no. My no no is Raphael. Oh, okay. okay. So okay, he's the red one. Leonardo's the blue one. Mm-hmm. So I got him. Oh, there was no Rocky. Who? No. Oh, Michelangelo and Donatello. Right. That's they were the famous painters and philosophers. So I got to have two sons. Complete the set. <laughs> um, also, an FYI, the non-waiver waiver trade that trade deadline rule was implemented this year. Oh, it was. So okay. in August this year, there that's the old rule of last year of how it worked and previous year. So now, now, so you, now, now you but waivers still exist. So Blue Jays just lost a player on waivers. So they lost Freddie Galvis. He's just gone. He's just yeah, gone. Yeah, he's gone. That's interesting. But yeah, no more trades anymore in August. Okay. No more funny, funny <laughs> trades. You know, that's you know, how uh, Josh Donaldson was traded last right. year. Right. He was a he was an August move, a non waiver trade deadline move because he was put on waivers and somebody claimed him, and then they made the trade, or he either went through waivers and passed through, and then he's free to trade with anybody. So oh it was either one or the other round. God. But yeah, you, you always wonder stupid. how rules develop. That's <laughs> that, like <laughs> who this came is, up with that? Well, I, and yeah. I wonder because it couldn't have started that way, right? Mm. I feel like the waiver thing would have started even before the trade deadline because there was a time when trades were not trades they were players were bought and sold mm-hmm. that was hockey that was basketball that was that was baseball yeah. like how football still works in England, in uh, Europe yeah exactly yeah. exactly and then and it, it got I think it got to the point where they were like well why don't we just trade bodies or something like that rather than money and I wonder I wonder how that rule would have developed over the... I'm sure there's some stupid old, like, Grantland 50,000 word piece on how that developed somewhere back in the annals. But Some SB Nation YouTube video <sighs> yeah, that's 45 minutes. Crazy thing. But baseball is so old that a lot of the, the weirdness about baseball is that it's so old. It's got something to do with the penny farthing. They, they came up with the rule while riding one of those giant one-wheeled bicycles. <laughs> I with don't the know big wheel the, at the front. What's the penny it's, farthing? It's the giant bi- the bicycle with the big wheel called? at the front. I think it's called a penny farthing. Wow. That's one of That's the too, most interesting things I know. Too complicated word for that contraption. And yet, the perfect for the yeah. time. <laughs> you mean a bicycle? You know, a, no, you, a penny you, farthing. No, no, it's just a not a big wheel. It's a penny farthing. Yeah. You pi- Okay, picture a bicycle. Yeah. No, picture a penny farthing. <laughs> Two different things, aren't they? You bet. Steve is right. True. <laughs> Steve is right. Steve is right. Now, Steve, I'm not sure. You, you did the morning. fan morning show this morning, and I yeah. know that there was so much hockey to talk about. Oh, my God. Did you got, did you talk about hockey at all? Was there any hockey topics um, in the I accidentally referred to the Jays as the Leafs once, and I'm sure that went over very well. Um, uh, I think it was... Wrinkled in. No, we didn't get into any news. That's interesting. Tomorrow we're going to try. There were, well, there was a big tennis story in Canada. I don't even know if it made a single ripple in the States. Well, yeah, we, it talked, did. we talked about it this morning. Because it involved Serena Williams. Serena yeah. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, that's we true. talked about this morning here on, on Virgin, too. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. it's just such big a deal. crappy way to win, but like she won. There's also no other news, so yeah. if you're looking for a sports you story, know, and that, you I'm going to go out on a limb and say there is no crappy way to win. If you win, you've yeah. won. Right. So that's what I said at first, and then they played Bianca Andrescu's um, quotes after her match mm-hmm. that she won, her tennis match, and she goes, a win is a win, I guess, and it was the I guess, where I'm just like, ah, she doesn't care. 
You know who managed to you lose? You don't think she cares? Hold on. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She Whoa. cares. Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. She cares, but it's <laughs> not Yes, would she have liked same. to ideally have beaten her idol, Serena Williams? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That did she was, win the Rogers Cup? That was yeah. sweet as hell when she like she basically runs up to Serena Williams and completely geeks out. And like, oh, just like unloads her complete Wikipedia page <laughs> on her to make her feel better. When, okay, so I looked this up. Uh, Bianca Andreescu just turned 19. Um, she had just turned two. I think she was 25 months old. The first time Serena Williams was ranked first in the world. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the thing. If the Leafs play the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final. Can't wait. Okay. Leafs play the Islanders. And or as the NHL likes to call them, the Rangers. That's right, because Robin Lanner of the Rangers won hmm. the Masterton. Yes. Um, I I wonder, do you think the Islander fans and the Islander players would be upset if the Leafs had to pull out due to injury, all of them? If they all collectively <laughs> pulled their quads and they wouldn't, they can't play anymore. Oh no! Oh, and then, and then you it. see Anders Lee go up to the podium, newly signed Anders Lee. He's the runner-up to the guy that they actually wanted, but you know mm. he's still the captain or whatever. You know, and they signed him late. Yeah, even though, but no, no he wanted he's to the be there the whole time. He's, yeah. No, he wanted to be there. They just didn't want him. Oh, that was the problem. <laughs> it's not that they didn't want him. It was like, can we f- afford him and Panarin? And they were trying to keep the thing. It's a good over. way to treat your captain. You Who know what? I think one hundred percent. Ever want to leave? I think we should give back the NBA championship trophy. The Larry O'Brien trophy because Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson were injured. That's true. That's, the Raptors didn't yep, win. True. Nope. You know, it's nope. funny because they never won when LeBron was injured. Weird. Oh. No. Well, and you know what? <laughs> I, I agree with people who say the Raptors only won because Golden State had those injuries. So we should do what they always do when there's injuries and start over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We should do what they always do and play those games over you again. You know what I miss? To make it fair. Injury free playoffs. Those ah, were the days. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's, off. that's the point of the playoffs is everybody gets injured. Injured, yeah. And you have to see how well you play. It's attrition. Yes, right? it's a it's a battle of attrition. And tennis is wild because, like, you'll you'll just spend every ounce of strength you have in your entire body, and guess what? You got to play again tomorrow. Yeah, against a harder opponent. Yeah, there's no load management. <laughs> yeah, if no. I if you win a championship like a tennis round, like a tennis championship, to me, I'm like, I'm taking the next month off after that. Like your body has got to be physically hammered, and they're always like, "It's the next week." Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll lose your. They have certain obligations to play in certain tournaments, else you lose your ranking. Right. So if you care about where your rankings are, then yeah. you can't Which do it. But it like matters. Serena, she doesn't care at this point. She just wants to win the four majors, so yeah. she'll take the month off for sure. Yeah, she wanted. I think she wanted Rogers Cup because she didn't have enough reps. Yeah, that's your tune-up for the U.S. Open. Because usually she would just skip it. Yeah, <laughs> like, she hasn't done the Rogers year. Cup in a long time. Yeah, it's been a little bit. Yeah, She's yeah. done it before. Four, but it's yeah. it's rare. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Canadian Championship in golf. People are like, ha, ah, okay, cute. Yeah, cute. Yeah. It's right in the middle of, isn't it? Like right I in the middle of the, the Masters. British the Open. Oh, okay. Or the yeah, one or the other. It's usually the week before, or the week after. So it's the one everybody skips. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so now uh, on on Friday, I did something strategic, and I didn't talk about it on Friday. Oh, are we moving off of tennis? Because there was one oh, bigger loser than Serena Williams on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> did we see the tweet from Eugenie Bouchard? We did. Who decided to okay. throw her hat in the ring? Okay, so Jesse. Yes. <laughs> so Jesse. Yes. 
you are the best person to contextualize this. Mm. So let's pull it back to the beginning. Jeannie Bouchard, who had a really great run in 2014. and then Is tennis, that how long ago? Yes. Oh, my God. Tennis sort of well, She was this 19-year-old kid who came up and made it. Did she not make it all the way to the finals in at least one tournament? She won something. Never won a major. Never won Semi-finals a major. of a major yeah. is the farthest she And we were got. going, whoa, because we didn't really have big so Canadian tennis names at that point. There was no Shapovalov. There was no Oje Aliassime. She was, she was the one where they go... Uh, Oh, God. It was like, it, after she had just won a match, they're like, if you could go on a date with anybody, who would it be? And she, like, mm-hmm. not knowing what to say, was just like, Justin Bieber? <laughs> She's like a kid. And everyone was like, yes, hi. Why would the sports reporter ask her that? Exactly. Yeah. Ridiculous. Her yeah. best result was uh, the finals of Wimbledon in 2014. That's right. And wow. Then, you know, it's finals and of Wimbledon. previously, she went to semifinals of French Open, semifinals of Australian Open, same year. She and since anything. then... Never won a major. Since she then, no. she's done literally nothing. She's got great sponsorship dollars coming in from Nike, so she doesn't necessarily need to, but mm-hmm. she fired a coach just after that run and what has never five. been the same. Yeah. Has never, ever been the same. And we actually, we were talking to Carolyn Cameron about it a couple years ago, and we asked her, and she's like, you know what, honestly, it's, I think the, te- the tennis world sort of figured her out. And what little I know about tennis is that she plays a game that's basically, um, everybody knows what's coming, so you know how to react to it. Carolyn Cameron might love tennis more than I love hockey. Yeah, it's 100%. Like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, like yeah. she, she, we had her on the radio uh, last week, and she was just like, "All right, like, just, <laughs> like this is my time to shine." The Rogers Cup, yeah. yeah. I remember what was Serena it? Williams is in the same city as me. And she was two years ago, ago when uh, was it Milos or Shapo who was making the run in Wimbledon? Shapo, I think. Was it Shapo? They, she got to be on the American coverage for Wimbledon Did on she? Sunday yes. morning. Yeah, yeah, on NBC. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it was I saw unbelievable that. to see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So damn talented. So Jeannie <laughs> sees this. So what happened, Jesse? Because Jeannie Bouchard has fallen off the tennis map. So she <laughs> yes. sees that Bianca, who beat her in the first round of the Rogers Cup, which is the key. This is the key. Go yeah. ahead. Jesse. So on Sunday, after Bianca wins the Rogers Cup by default, Jeannie Bouchard decides to tweet. So basically, I could have won the Rogers Cup. Three laughing emojis. The crying laughing emoji. The crying laughing emoji. She's friggin' laughing. Because the way the sports world works, if you lose in the first round to the eventual champion, that means you could have won if you had made it to the finals. It's like if the Orlando Magic tweeted, so basically, (laughs) I could have won the NBA championship. What? No. (laughs) That's not. Basically, we won the LOB. No. no. And then she followed it up with kidding, and congrats to... Bianca on winning, winning like the rest of them. And then this morning, she tweets out a picture that says, haters having anger towards everyone reaching success. Oh my god. I I <laughs> wish I wish she was just being mean. But like it was I'm so much more embarrassed for her because it's a joke that completely just went kablooey right in her like it just but fell what was flat. funny about it i don't get that well nothing that's the problem so it's a joke that was so unfunny that people just took it literally. very literally yeah. and were like hey f you and like she's <laughs> she's someone who people have like license to be mad at yeah like if it, if it was someone who had never really said anything before they just oh that joke bombed oh well but like people don't like genie bouchard cuz like supposedly she's not that nice but yeah she has the uh the Steve Dangle William Nylander effect. 
People don't like her because she's good looking. Is that is she the William <laughs> Nylander of yeah, tennis? I don't know. Has she done anything before that's been all that controversial? I don't think no. so. William Nylander's good. The only thing is, is like he had one off tournament. Oh my god! What? I just realized you're right. What? what? Maybe she's William Nylander. I don't know. She she, <laughs> I I can't. She's been relatively benign. Yeah. Like I don't I don't think there's anything that she's ever been like. Well, this is what I. She did call Maria Sharapova out when she was when she had the PED suspension. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's a shame. And I think she, what did she say? I think she should she should give back all of her her titles or something like that. <laughs> like it was it was really aggressive. <laughs> Sharapova was taking a, a drug that was legal at the time. Yes. And then she took it into the into the point where they uh, made it illegal, and then she got caught because she was still taking it. But mm-hmm. it was a ridiculous statement. <laughs> anyway, anyway, sports. Um, sports. Uh, now, I saved some of the stuff that was available to us last week because I knew we'd have another show today. Yeah. Nikita Gusev, right-handed D-man. That's right. Let's go. Did you get any tweets about that? People going, "Hey, oh yeah, idiot." I'm going to keep saying as long as it keeps bothering you. <laughs> oh, and I also forgot to mention Sammy Vatnin last show. So it's oh. Connor Carrick, Sammy Vatnin, P.K. Subban. And Nikita um, Gusev. Uh, yeah, and Nikita Gusev. Nikita, and also Damon Severson. I thought Vat- Vatnin shot left. I don't care. Okay. He shoots right now. We're in Just uh, like we're in Marner Gusev. for better season, by the way. Just oh. so everybody's clear. Oh, yeah, and uh, Let's so, do it. so this is why, no, this is why we're not, well, we can go there if you want to, but it's just one dumb tweet. I think the important thing is that we talk about Paul Fenton. And I saved Paul oh, Fenton. Oh my god! Because because I saved Paul Fenton because I knew we needed something for today. Oh, I haven't talked about that anywhere. Because I was sick. I was good. I was so excited to have a hockey story to talk about last week. And I was sick and I wasn't on the radio that day. So the story you need oh, to read, this happened 10 days ago already. It must be my birthday. Paul Fenton, who is the maniac who led the uh, Minnesota Wild for the last 14 months. Uh, I can't believe it was that long. Called Matt Zuccarello uh, a lizard and (laughs) traded... Uh, there's so much there's so much to go through but Michael Russo's got an incredible story on the down it's called The Downfall of Paul Fenton Inside the GM's Turbulent 14 Months with the Wild from The Athletic it is uh, on par with I don't remember the writer's name but the 1994 article from Hartford after Pierre Maguire got fired by the Whalers it is on par with that Jesse do you know that one? Yeah, we brought it up on okay. the show. It, right, well, yeah, because yeah. it's legendary. It's yeah. one of the single greatest takedowns in hockey ever. This one by Russo is far more polite, but it is way more thorough. Way it is more just, thorough. And it's, it almost feels, it feels antagonistic because, and I, I assume you got little snippets, mm-hmm. It reflects so poorly on him. It looks like a hit job. It, well, it reflects so poorly on him, but he not Russo, by the way, Fenton on Fenton. Mm-hmm. It it he goes back to Fenton was paranoid about leaks, mm-hmm. and here goes and Russo just fucking spills a whole pot of tea. He knows everything about the team, every damn thing. Oh, it's awesome. Well, it starts with the trouble with analytics. And by the way, there's a ton of paragraphs before this, so I'm not destroying the athletic on this one. But basically, he didn't understand it. So here's what one person with knowledge said. Part of it was he didn't understand it, analytics. And uh, what you don't know, you're afraid of. So right away, that was clearly evident. And he had, they had a staff of two, I think. I want to say Alex Thomas. And... and uh, Andrew Thomas and Alex Mandricki. Andrew Thomas, sorry. And 
Alex Mandricki? Yeah. Was one of them Alex? Okay, yes. yes, right, right. Sorry. And here's the interesting part. When the front office had a Florida retreat in January to prepare for the trade deadline, neither Thomas nor Mandricki, both analytics people, were invited. That's insane. Uh, the Wild on consecutive days uh, made two trades. Oh. Justin Clues for Pontius Aberg, or Pont- Pontius Aberg, and Nino Niederreiter for Victor Rask, which is, I mean, both are bad. But the Nino Niederreiter trade is the one that really sticks out there. The latter trade shipped out an analytical darling and brought in one with a gigantic analytical red flag. Not surprisingly, this could go down as one of the worst trades in wild history. Nino Niederreiter scored at like a 30-goal pace as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, Now, think about this for a second. Before we get into the trade itself, let's talk about the treatment of the staff. Yes. Now this, these are this is where it starts to feel hit jobby, but but it's not because this is just what happened. It's not a hit job if it happened. Yeah. Oh well, Sean Burke might disagree with you there, Adam. Well, Sean Burke is decidedly a guy without perspective of the NHL from the outside. This is a guy who's been involved in the NHL since he was seventeen or eighteen years old. Sean Burke has no idea what it's like to be a reporter. No idea what it's like to be a fan. Well, or hasn't, or maybe he does, but in a chi- in a in a, an adult fan or you know in a kids context, Sean Burke is almost fifty years old. It's been a while, Sean. And guess what? This is how it works, pal. I saw that tweet. Name too. all the sources. Name all the sources. What is this, Sean you, Burke? So Sean tweet. Burke tweeted that. Go ahead. You go. Well, okay. he basically. Uh, because the Fenton piece is so thorough, like yeah. he clearly, he clearly spoke to everybody in the Wild organization, and I, I guess it was going around. There's no way Sean Burke actually read the article. There's no way. Uh, why, why not? He, I just refuse to believe that he actually read it. If he, if he had actually read it, uh-huh. I don't think he would have tweeted that out. He would have at least had the self awareness. Tweeted what Sean, out? Sean, so, oh yeah, yeah, so sorry. What he tweeted, like you asked. <laughs> <laughs> what he tweeted. Was, is this the most Steve conversation that's ever happened? So I, you've asked for something. I'm not going to give you that. So Sean Burke tied an onion to his belt, which was the style at the time. And he basically said, like, have the balls to put your name on what you're saying. Have the balls to put your name behind the claims that you're making about this man, Paul Fenton. The people who Michael Russo is quoting in his article. Yes. yes. Who, you know, could lose their job. Oh, so Sean yes. Burke is like, hey, if you gave Russo a quote, you should have the balls to put your name next Put your to name it. on it. Put yeah. your name on it. Yeah. Okay. Which wow. is just a, an incredibly naive way of looking at things Anything. because right. no one would do that. Because that's not how most reporting works. That's not usually. how almost all reporting works. <laughs> yeah. Like, what um, are you doing? I also want to throw this out there. After that tweet, Sean Burke's account ceased to exist. Oh, but no, he delete it? It's all gone. The account's gone. S. Berkey 1 is gone. Oh, isn't he, um, he still works with an NHL team, doesn't he? Uh, Sean Burke? Yes, I believe he does. I forget what it is. But I forget yeah. which one, too. Yeah. He's it, been pinging around. Yep. Yeah. And he was, I think, for a few places he was oh he's the co-general manager of hockey canada with broder oh because he was with arizona for a while I, yeah. I think he was a goalie coach and then he moved into a front office or yeah whatever doesn't matter yeah so wait so he deleted his account after he tweeted that yes oh shit wow no i have a theory as to why <laughs> i don't uh the tweet did poorly jesse okay did very and the poorly. lesson from this 
Never tweet. Yeah. Well, so, so you know, <laughs> my suggestion to Let's Sean Burke would that. be <laughs> maybe that maybe your perspective on it is 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 warped because you've literally been a player and in management circles for the majority of your life. Anytime anyone screams like, "Name your sources, show yourself," I'm like, "You got something to hide." Exactly. Exactly. Well, it, and it makes me happy to know that um, that you know anybody with an attitude like that is the guy that I don't want running my team. Right. So, now we go back to the analytics people. Forget the trade for a second, because at the time, you knew, and especially Wild fans knew, God bless them, um, the Nino Niederreiter trade was bad. We knew that. We knew that right away. Victor Rask was not the guy. Everybody was like, what the hell is this? What are they doing? They, they, had, they had someone in their organization they could have asked about it. Sure. Eric Stahl. <laughs> oh, yeah, Eric Stahl, too. Andrew Thomas, Alex Mandricki. These are the people we want to focus on right now. So let's talk about uh, Thomas first, okay? So mm-hmm. Andrew Thomas has a non-NHL job lined up, has left the team. Yes. When Mandricki informed Fenton that she did not plan to sign a tender deal, she was given permission to talk to other teams and ended up with several possibilities. Ultimately, if you exclude Dave Tippett, who left to become head coach in Edmonton, she became the first full-time front office employee in Seattle's history, the Seattle expansion team's history. That's awesome. And assisted owner Jerry Bruckheimer and CEO Todd Lewicki in their decision to hire Ron Francis as the first GM. That's wild. So That's she go- why not so she even Minnesota. Minnesota wild. Yeah. yeah. So she leaves Minnesota mm-hmm. to help the guy that created Black Hawk down. <laughs> and That's Tim the Le- one you picked? And Tim Lywicki. <laughs> I don't know what else he did. That's the Independence movie? Day? What did he do? I don't even know. A, a thousand movies bigger than Black Hawk Down? Black Hawk Down was a great movie. Let's not... Uh, never saw it. Listen, you've never seen Black Hawk Down? I've never seen it. Dude, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so she gets to go hang out with Jerry Bruckheimer and Todd Lywicki. <laughs> Brother of Tim, and choose the general manager in Seattle. And chose what the fifth leading scorer in NHL history. <laughs> right. And so here's the thing: her apparently her main skill was to make analytics understandable, and that's always been our thing. We've talked about that before. Where sometimes, yeah, and 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 admittedly, we aren't the smartest people on the face of the earth. Oh. Full admission. So it's so I, I understand that maybe average and like people with average intelligence can understand some of these graphs, but a lot of the stuff that I see, and I'll tell you and mm-hmm. tell like this and Dom Decision and Tyler Dello when he was writing, I don't I don't get what you're saying, but I'll read the paragraph underneath mm-hmm. and the words make more sense. Mm-hmm. So basically what I need you to write under the graph is so basically what this says is this, right? Like I look at those heat maps they have now, I'm like, is red good or bad? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My yeah. is it's bad. <laughs> But also blue could mean cold. So exactly. maybe blue is bad. It depends on if you're on the offensive zone or the defensive zone. The red could be good in the mm-hmm. offensive zone. I love when people just post those charts with like LOL. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, like, man. I'm stupid. Anything with a number, then letters, and a percentage point, and a power to the of. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, at Charting Hockey, Sean Tierney does a good job of contextualizing the charts he puts up. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's very, very good with that, and I appreciate that. Do you want it. a list of movies bigger than Black Hawk Down? Sure, let's go. Them. Let's do it. Top Gun. So these are all Jerry Bruckheimer movies. Jerry Bruckheimer You could have picked Top Gun. <laughs> uh, Bad Boys. Bad Boys! Armageddon. Armageddon! Pearl Harbor. Pearl, uh, that was okay, a, that one's... That was a flop, man. That's a bad it's, movie. It was Still, big at the time, but yeah, it was a flop. Pirates of the Caribbean. Ah. Jeez, there's a ride. <laughs> I heard that's a good one. 
Uh, National Treasure, Nick Cage movie. Nicholas Cage, Adam. Oh, is that where he's going for the end of the the uh, somebody steals the, the Declaration? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a yeah. terrible movie. It's such a bad movie. Oh my god! But it's great. Um, Top Gun Maverick coming in 2020. Yeah. Oh my god! Can't wait. And many others. The I bet that, that movie There movie are no will, more sequels. That movie will fund Seattle's expansion. Oh yeah. Now. Is that going to be a thing? Like, Seattle fans need to get behind Jerry Bruckheimer <laughs> movies so that their team can, like, compete for a Stanley Cup? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Now, here's a... Uh, so, anyway, basically, back to Alex Mandricki for a second. Okay? Right. Uh, this is going to take four hours. <laughs> so, yeah, that's okay. Um, basically, Fenton said to Michael Russo, and Michael Russo says this in the piece, that what he liked about Mandricki was her ability to make analytics understandable. By the way, if I'm, sp- if I'm pronouncing her, her name incorrectly, it's... Purely, that's how I. It's do it. purely on purpose, and I meant to offend her. So, just so you know, yeah. I'm trying to actively do that, and definitely tweet me about it, and definitely tell me what an awful person I am for ac- for getting a complicated last name. So, wrong. so, but what you're I'm saying really is, Mandricky put together charts saying that Seattle should go out and get Nikita Gusev. Yes, the noted the right, right-hand, no, right-hand defenseman. Shot defenseman. <laughs> From Finland. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so she said, she. this is interesting, she planned to stay with the Wild through the expiration of her contract because she's going to Seattle, right? It doesn't matter. Stay with the Wild through July 1st. Right. So you oh, the most important part of the offseason. Yeah. Because it's the time that trades get done, really. Mm-hmm. More trades happen after after the playoffs are done than at the trade deadline. Or like even seeds planted for trades. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, your Wish draft... List. Draft. Of course, which you know you'd have you'd have analytics, you'd have advanced stats that are not available to the public at that point, and of course you know free agency. She planned to stay with the Wild through the expiration of her contract, so she could help hire a replacement, train that person, and give analytical advice during the trade season, draft, and free agency courting period. But when Seattle came calling, Fenton gave her permission to leave before her contract was up. Okay. Now, which, she, I, which is sure. being a good guy, I suppose, but it's really stupid. It's not being a strategic guy. <laughs> yeah, he's just, uh, is he being too nice? Is that, or is he just not well, thinking? It you sounds know, like I'll, she would have had well, a job anyway. She would have had the right. job. The, the job wasn't going to be pulled. She was going to have the job July second or whenever her contract expired. Yeah. So here's here's what I'll let whether you think he's doing or w- whether he's being a good guy or not. I'll let the rest of the story help you decide. Okay. Does that make sense? Totally. We already know that he's out of fear of analytics because he doesn't quite understand it. <laughs> Additionally, Tom Minton, a wild front office video coordinator who helped assistant GM Shep Harper with day-to-day operations, the salary cap, and gathering of amateur and pro video, was reassigned after the season to be an amateur scout. In July, he was given permission to get out of the final year of his contract so he could rejoin Chuck Fletcher in Philadelphia. Fenton did have plans to replace Thomas and Mandricki. Sources say he wanted to hire Matt Sells, who did advanced pre-scout analytics for Hockey Canada, but losing both of them at the draft, excuse me, before the draft, meant that the Wild were effectively without an analytics department during the very critical part of the offseason. Cool. If there's something you want to be doing in 2019, it's moving away from where everyone's going. Everyone's adapting that. You want to unadapt that. So this is the part that the general, so the, the owner sort of cited without saying anything. It was a cultural problem. This is why Paul Fenton was like, oh, so Craig Leipold was basically saying, or Leipold was saying, there was a cultural problem here. And here's where we get into that. All GMs want to create an inner circle they can trust. That Mm -hmm. Tom uh, Tom Fenton brought in longtime mentor Jack Ferreira to be a senior... 
sorry, um, that Fenton brought in longtime mentor Jack Ferreira to be a senior advisor, and Tom Kerfers, former Leaf, to be his right-hand man is absolutely understandable and his prerogative. But Fenton, sources say, created immediate dissension by displaying little respect for Fletcher's inner circle. Uh, Brent Flair, a senior VP of operations who'd been with the Wild since July 2009, was made a glorified amateur scout after a 28-day run as the interim GM. So he comes in and he takes the interim GM and goes, we're kicking you down the stairs. Uh... <laughs> Harder was the Wild's chief negotiator and resident salary cap CBA expert. Fenton wanted to take his title of assistant GM away, despite the danger of Harder losing credibility with agents when negotiating deals. So, you know, when you're an agent and you're negotiating for your contract, if I am negotiating with Steve, Steve better be an assistant general manager. Sure. Minimum. Yeah. But if Jesse, Mr. No, said, Steve, I'm yanking your assistant general manager title away. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm still going to have you negotiate with the agents. How far do you think you get? Not far at all. That's the point. (laughs) Sorry, who am I speaking to? Right. Now it goes into... It goes into other other people who have departed and stuff, and I'm not going to focus too much on that. And also not read the entire article. Subscribe to The Athletic. But Paul Fenton... Five dollars. Five dollars. This is where it gets a bit weird. One notable addition was Paul Fenton's son, PJ, who Mm. was hired as a scout last summer. I ended up feeling really bad for this guy by the end of the article. With Flair's yeah. departure, PJ Fenton was elevated to run the amateur scouting department. <laughs> so okay, we're going to pass it to Tucker. The, Any Hey Arnold fans out there? The optics of putting his son into such yeah. a key job created a bunch of turmoil, turmoil amongst the scouts in the front office. By the way, PJ Fenton, not much difference in age between him and us. Oh, Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't have much experience. Well, okay. So he, Unless he does. according to Corey Pronman, the Wild did a very good job at the draft, and PJ ran, PJ Fenton and a guy named Darren Yopik ran the draft for them. However, even Paul Fenton knew this was sort of a bad optic move. It's it's the sort of thing where if he had if he, if he had done everything properly prior, if everything around this was above board, people might have been a little warmer to it. Right, but all of a sudden this guy comes in and he lets these people go, and he makes this trade, and he kicks this guy down the stairs, and he hired his son. Like that—that's like a tip of the iceberg. It's the—it's that—it's that extra piece, mm. yeah. right? The by, extra piece. By the end of this article, you will be convinced that his son was the best hire he made in fourteen months. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Good call. Um, now. Paul Fenton was so sensitive to the way that Leipold, is it Leipold or Leipold? Leipold uh, perceived his son when he found out Leipold was sitting to his son's right on the draft table, uh, sorry, at the draft table on day one. Sources say he quickly rearranged the seating chart to move his son two seats down to his left, put Jopik immediately to his left so uh, Leipold didn't feel PJ was running the table, even though he was. So At, this After is- the draft... Yopik was made available to the media, not P.J. Fenton, who was a big reason why, why the Wild drafted impressive Matt Baldy uh, in the first round. It may be awkward, and one has to feel for him, but P.J. Fenton still remains with the organization to this day. So okay. with, within the organization, who is this friggin' guy, the GM hired his kid, blah, 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 actually does a good job, can take zero public credit for it, <laughs> because he's the GM's kid. Yeah. 
Uh, I felt I felt really bad for him by the end of it, man. I it really sounds did. like he's been set up to be in a position to thrive, though, since he did such a great job, and now his dad's gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we'll really I wonder know. if he's a little bit relieved. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. So now, Go Junior Fenton. Now I want you to imagine that Steve's the head coach of the Wild, and Jesse's the general manager. Yay. Jesse is the new, as the Paul Fenton type in this. Mm-hmm. Steve is is a long tenured coach with a lot of great regular season history. Oh, good. Steve is Bruce Boudreaux. My face yeah. gets so red. <laughs> now Steve's got a best friend named Adam Watt. Okay. That he's coached with for years. Years. Yeah. Paul Fenton declined to renew the contract of Bruce Boudreaux's best friend John Anderson as assistant coach and replaced him with his own former uh, colleague, Dean Evason, who'd previously coached the Milwaukee Admirals in the Nashville Ah, so I fired Adam yeah. and replaced him with one of my buddies. And I said, Steve, work with this guy now, even though that guy was your friend. Yeah. It's... <laughs> It's it's just such a bad way to do with it. Like especially a coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Like it's such a collaborative thing. Like if it doesn't work after X amount of time and you want to shake it up, I get it. But it, this guy just showed up and he went, "Nope, Nashville, this guy, <laughs> this like, guy." I'm pretty sure we alluded to this several times on the podcast throughout the season. It seemed like Fenton was just like to the umph degree doing the. Tried, tested, and true. I'm gonna bring in all these guys, all these hidden gems <laughs> from my old organization, and just show you how what a smart guy I am. Because Paul Fenton worked under David Poyle in Nashville for years. Who <laughs> then fleeced him? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. We're jumping ahead in the story. I'm Come sorry. On. I'm sorry. Not only was Boudreaux upset that Anderson was kicked to the curb, but it also created the perception that Evison, whom Fenton called one of the best coaches outside of the NHL, was put on the bench to ultimately succeed Boudreaux. Also, sources say, Fenton, on a handful of occasions, uh, both last season and afterwards, sought permission to fire Bruce Boudreaux. Leopold wouldn't give it. So that's got to make you feel good if you're Bruce Boudreaux. But you have the backing of ownership. But he's entering the final year of a four-year contract, oh. uh, and Fenton declined to give him an extension. Oh. And also, that guy he brought in, mm-hmm. is he now also there? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Still there, at least for now. Yeah, because you can't... It'd be difficult just to fire a guy, but, but the old <sighs> guy hired him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So Bruce Boudreaux didn't like the play of Nino Niederreiter on the right side. Mm-hmm. And he had been relegated to the fourth line, making $5.25 million, because um, the Wild have Parise, Zucker, and Jordan Greenway higher up on the depth chart playing the left side. So Boudreaux, like Babcock, was like, well, he's only good on that one side, so we can't play him on the right side. Now, yeah, he wasn't th- happy th- with it. This, to me, like a lot of people were like, oh, how could you fire Bruce Boudreaux? And, well, this is something he deserves criticism for. He, 100%. Because the team made a stupid move by getting rid of Nino Niederreiter. Well, he drove his value into the dirt. Sure. By not using this player, who was pretty good, good. So when Fenton suddenly got a call from Carolina about Niederreiter in January... He got excited. Here's the problem, though. According to Hurricane sources, the Canes plan to buy out Rask this summer and watch Niederreiter uh, ten times in the weeks leading up to the trade. There was consensus on their pro side that if Niederreiter got elevated minutes in a top six role, he'd succeed in rally. Shocking. Shocking. This, this reminds me so much of the, um, the Raycroft deal. Hold on to this. Okay. However... 
According to sources, not a single wild scout was sent to watch Rask in person. And there were already limited viewings because the snippets, uh, because he snipped his finger during a kitchen accident, lapsed off season, and missed time. Now go ahead with your Raycon story. Oh my God! First of all, that's <laughs> the most Minnesota Wild thing. That was sure. something I laughed out loud. What at. was the part about them not watching Victor? Rouse? So okay, so Jesse, as the general manager, <laughs> I I'm I'm now since I was fired, I was picked up as a GM somewhere else. Okay, so sure, sure. So I call you and I go, I want Nito Nito Ryder. What would it take? I know he's underperforming. He makes a lot of money. What could I get? Sure. And and I and, and I say, you know what? I'll give you Victor Rask. And you go, wow. Not player coming back. You think, guy who is not Nino Niederreiter on the way back. <laughs> just, this is excellent. Per, per, person breathing. B- breathing body. <laughs> awesome. By the end of it, yeah. you'll be convinced good. that he thought he was trading for Tuca. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, like, so, um, so... Basically, I have sent my scouts to see Nino Niederreiter ten times before calling you. Sure, before sure. even picking up the phone. You're the Hurricanes, and yes. you sent your scouts all the time to see Nino. Yes, and he's he's looked great on the fourth line. One hundred percent, because I got to report to Tom Dundon. Sure, Tom Dundon's involved. Okay, so t- yeah. I got to say to Tom, listen, here are the ten times we went to see him. Here's why our analytics department believes in him. Here's why we need to do this trade. Sure, and I'm going to offer them this guy. We're going to buy out this summer. Shh, don't guy we don't, anyone, we're don't not going to keep, we don't need. Right. Yeah. But you, as Paul Fenton, sw- <laughs> shooting from the hip, go, sure, we'll take him. Uh, me, not having seen Victor Rask play, Ever. and knowing that, what did he, he cut his finger? Cut his finger earlier, so there was limited viewing, limited tape available on him already, and you haven't even sent a scout to see him play. And I'm just going to take this guy yes. back for a guy who could potentially be a top six forward. Sure are. Don Waddell is such a G. <laughs> oh, man. Because when, when you make a trade where you rip a team off so bad, you, in some ways, you know, make yourself toxic, mm-hmm. that GM's gone. Yep. So you fleeced him so bad. It was the, in a 14-month in a period that was legendarily terrible, you... Gave him the crown jewel mm-hmm. of his terrible tenure. It's the worst trade he made, arguably the worst trade the Minnesota Wild have ever made. And now he's not even there, and you can start trading with the Minnesota Wild right away. Now, I'd like to give you a piece of breaking hockey news right now oh, right that now. pertains to this story released like it just happened 22 minutes ago from Michael Russo. Okay. Oh, so, wow. So we're talking about Don Waddell. We're talking about Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton no longer with the Wild. Oh, this I forgot about this part too. So Jesse, here's the best part. Oh no sure, way! Sure, sure. Now no, you're not about now, to say. Now when I was hired by the Carolina Hurricanes, you're joking. Tom oh Dundon was like, "We're not paying you very much," and I said, "But I'm Don Waddell, and I deserve at least a million dollars." And Tom Dundon's like, "Ah, how about four hundred thousand? And I said. Okay, maybe, because I don't really have any other options right now, but this is sort of bullshit. Yeah, that's right. a lot less than my value. Sources say... No. Well, Craig Leopold called Don Waddell and said, Hey, oh. you fleeced us. How about you come work for us? So Don Waddell has informed the Minnesota Wild he is pulling out of their GM search and has signed a long-term contract to remain in Carolina. Oh! How's that I, for I leverage? I thought you were going to say. Oh, my God. And then he used them for leverage! Ah! So he, Don Waddell's the best! So he ripped I them off. I didn't realize! Yeah. Wow. He ripped them off and then used them for leverage to get a great long-term deal with Tom Dundon, who didn't want to give him one originally. Wow. Crazy. The Minnesota Wild should change their logo to Don Waddell dunking their head in the toilet. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, so that's amazing. So I'm glad we saved this story for today. Who that's sort of what charge? the Hurricanes logo is. Yeah. Who is in charge of hiring Paul Fenton? I assume Craig Leopold. 
because he's the owner. People, unless yeah. they have the unless they have like a president. No, 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 no. The owner. The owner was holding the jersey with Paul Fenton's name on it last summer. Mm. Yeah, it's Fair Paul. Enough. It's Craig Lee Well, and the crazy thing about Paul Fenton is like he was talked about for the longest time. Like, wait till this guy gets a shot. And no way. A bunch of hockey guys said a hockey guy to be great. No way. No way. And he wanted it no so way. fierce. I bet and Sean Burke will be great. I can't wait till oh he gets hired too. Well, Reveal you, all the sources. You know who I wonder about? Um is it is it Ma- Mike? Mike Fuda. Yeah, from the, from LA. Yeah, he was in LA for the longest time and I think he might have gone somewhere else. But he's a he guy I, I kinda respect him for like I assume he, if he wanted to be an NHL GM, he could have been by now. He could have been. There's he's no question. pulled out of certain things because I think he understands he's doing all right at what he does, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to get himself into this Paul Fenton situation. Oh, so sorry. The Victor Rask reminding me of Tuka Rask. Supposedly, this is all part of lore. I don't know if this was ever confirmed anywhere. So the Leafs have these two amazing goalie prospects, Justin Pogge and Tuka Rask. Mm-hmm. But they want to replace Ed Belfour with a different starter. So they call up the Boston Bruins and ask about Andrew Raycroft, who had just won the Calder Trophy a few years before, but then there was the 0405 lockout. He got hurt. He was terrible in Europe, had another terrible NHL season. The Bruins supposedly had planned on, I can't remember if it was buy him out or waive him. They were planning on that. And the Leafs called asking for him. The Bruins go, uh, give us Tuka Rask. And the Leafs said, okay. Mm. The Leafs gave them... Re- regard- forget... They're going for the next 12 years. Yeah, forget the fact that Tuka Rask has gone on to have, like, what, by the time it's all said and done, might be a Hall of Fame career. Two mm-hmm. Vesnas, oh. two Stanley Cups, is it? Well, finals, one, anyway. Three one finals. That he was the backup for, but he's yeah, been yeah. to two finals. Two finals, yeah. Um, Would have won the Conn Smythe this year if, if the Bruins had won it. For forget the Hall of Fame career part. The Leafs offered uh, the twenty fourth or fifth overall pick from the year prior for a guy the Bruins were going to buy out mm-hmm. or waive. So Unbelievable! This, you take that all day. Is, this is what it reminds me of. Oof! So um, are on the you day, giving up the guy named Rask? You lost the trade on the day that Wait, Paul Fenton. You won it. That's wrong. Sorry. On the day that Paul Fenton <laughs> was hired, May twenty first, twenty eighteen. Uh, the press release says, Paul is uniquely suited for a job having played 10 years of professional hockey and nope. holding 25 years of management experience, Craig Leopold says. My relationship with Paul goes back to my early days in Nashville. I know that wild hockey fans are going to love Paul's infectious passion for the game and unsurpassed worth ec- ethic. Uh, he's the right person to deliver a Stanley Cup to the state of hockey. I, I, I just need you to read the so first So it was bit Leopold who hired uh Yes, of course. But can, can you read the, check on that. the first sentence again? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Paul is uniquely suited for his job, having played 10 years of professional hockey and holding 25 years of management experience in yeah. the NHL. 10 years of professional hockey. Sure. The last year Paul Fenton played professional hockey was 1992. Okay. It's irrelevant. Well, it's the, irrelevant to his 2018 when he was hired. The 25 expertise. years of management experience is relevant. That's is relevant for sure. But the <laughs> oh well, he played for 10 years. Who gives a shit? It doesn't. His 1992 acumen and 1992 is the most recent. So his acumen through the 80s is not relevant to his managerial duties today. Mm-hmm. It's not. 
I know that's just owner nonsense and you gotta pump the guy's tire, but it just, it's the sort of thing that I would rather you leave out because it makes me have less faith in what you're saying. Bingo. Well, you know, he played hockey in 1986. Get the hell out. That's no great. Way. Who gives a shit? <laughs> exactly. There's lots of guys who played hockey in 1986. That's like saying some I was, of them are smart, some of them are stupid. That's like me putting out a resume that I was, I, I, uh, I, there was a radio at the summer camp I went to, and I was, and I was on it. So that's wow. why I should be the morning show host at 99.9 Virgin Radio. I'm Canada's new <laughs> track coach. Are you? Yeah, because I ran track and no. then worked in sports radio for a number of years. It does not matter. It does not and matter. It's irrelevant. Now, this is, I'm going to fast forward a little bit because there's lots in here. But the last thing that you need to know is leaks. Do you remember mm -hmm. the Leafs before Lou Lamorello? And it's a long time ago. It feels like a long time ago. The Leafs were the leakiest ship out there. And guys like Darren Drager had pretty much the scoop on everything because... Um, they could they could talk to anybody within the organization and they would be able to get it. But what you noticed when Lou took over was that it was stark. You didn't hear a thing from the Leafs anymore. No, Nothing. Complete and darkness. Even, even when Lou came out and talked, he was really good at saying a bunch of words that went nowhere and told you nothing. Oh, he was the worst. He was like you'd get through a 30 second answer and you'd be like this word salad. Yeah. And you know... Lou knows how it works because you get 10 minutes with Lou Lamarillo, so he's going to give you the longest answer possible with the shortest amount of information. Smart guy. <laughs> Smart guy. Now, he must have had the longest book reports. Now, Paul Fenton, of course, wanted to be like Lou. He wanted to keep things close to the vest. Not abnormal. Now, if you want your employees mm -hmm. to do what you want, shouldn't you be nice to them? Well, I would think so. I think Shouldn't you make the environment as they, nice to you, work in as possible? You catch more flies with honey? I think that's vinegar? the term. Yeah. yeah. So, whenever it says this, whenever news did get out, it made Fenton distrust his staff, particularly those members who were there before he arrived. And he goes into four major incidents, and I'm going to outline them for you. It started at last year's draft when The Athletic reported that Fenton had been talking to Arizona about Christian Dvorak and Max Domi for Jason Zucker and, and Nita Ryder and Tyler Ennis. That would have been a hell of a trade. Jesus. Oh, wow. Fenton was incensed and, by his own admission, assembled his staff to warn them about leaking information. Number two, after Dumba was injured and Koivu was injured in December, Fenton was livid. The specifics of the injuries got out. A week after Fenton thought he had nipped this in the bud, the St. Paul Pioneer Press reported that Koivu, Koivu was wearing a knee brace. Fenton was again upset and held a team meeting where he told players that they were not to talk about injuries and that they needed to start taking, uh, taking gear off away from reporters if they, could, if they were wearing protective gear. Which is incredibly inconvenient if you've ever been inside an NHL locker room. Dude, it's, you don't realize, when you walk into their locker room, you're walking into their locker room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and here's, I'm amazed they let us in. Here's what he said. His concern was valid with player safety in mind. Yeah. A player trying to play through a publicly known injury could be targeted on ice, of course. But it got to the point that players were perturbed that he was addressing the team about something so minor in the midst of a skid in the schedule. Because if you remember this season, once Koivu and Dumbo went down, so did the wild season. Mm -hmm. It was toast. Now, number three. Throughout the month of February, The Athletic reported that... Uh, Fenton was pursuing Kevin Fiala, who he eventually, I believe, acquired. Yes. Uh, in a deal that would involve Granlin, or could involve Granlin. He was convinced people in the front office were leaking info. 
When The Athletic broke the news that Coyle was traded to Boston right before the team's flight to New York, Fenton, sources say, was white-hot on the team plane and spent the ride trying to find out if anyone on board leaked the info, going as far as threatening jobs. You imagine being on the plane with that? So you're stuck on the plane. You can't go anywhere, and your boss is just accosting all of and, you. And what's the Minnesota to New York flight? Two hours, maybe? Uh, An hour? I think more. Really? Do they have access to airplanes? Maybe. Or, uh, well, them, to... but probably not their farm team. Yeah, their you know, farm team wouldn't, because then how would they get players there? All of this is the other teams could have leaked this. And you sometimes anyway. do that mm -hmm. for competitive advantage. When the and number four, when the Athletic reported that uh, Parise Zach Parise would miss the final two games of the season after dealing with a broken foot and a sprained MCL and torn meniscus, can you imagine after being, if they made the playoffs? After being kneed by Tom Wilson from Washington, because of course, <laughs> Fenton was enraged, <laughs> demanded to know the Athletic sources, called Parise, and even had a conference call with Parise's agents to try to figure out who revealed the info. So here. Let me help Sean Burke out with something. Michael Russo's source for this was Paul Fenton. He called what? True. It sounds like he called up either Russo or someone from the Athletic and went, "Oi, who the?" F yeah, yeah. So he's straight up saying, "Well, dum dum called me and started dum dum." Well, he started berating me, but who could have done it? <laughs> dum dum. <laughs> like not to be that blunt about it, but. <laughs> what do you you want to prevent leaks? So you're gonna call up a reporter and scream at them? How did that work? Effectively? Hmm. Don't know. Uh, this might seem like a minor, irrelevant GM versus media quarrel, but the stress this all created inside the organization for staff and players alike was felt all season long. He stopped trusting many on his staff, and it inevitably created a toxic, toxic excuse me, toxic environment from the front office all the way down to the locker room. No kidding. There's nothing like a GM getting mad with two games to go in the season and being stuck on an airplane with uh -huh. him when you're going to miss the playoffs, eh? So you, you can see it on the team's body language. There was a game... I'm going to find a way to make this about the Oilers. Uh, I made it the, the dang it of the season for them. There was a game where they gave up, I want to say it was five goals in a period, but they were up 2 nothing, And they lost the game after the first goal. Like, because you just see it on them. They're like, fucking get me off the ice. Just get me off the ice right now. And I know they had nothing to play for, but like you, you see that attitude. Yeah, just get me the hell out of it here. It seeps through the organization, and they like were just dudes skating around who happened to be wearing Oilers jerseys. <laughs> now let's talk about that Granlin for Fiala trade because this is important. Paul Fenton used to work for Nashville. It's understandable why he might be interested in twenty-three-year-old Kevin Fiala. And Kevin Fiala was like a really uh, praised pick. At the time, was it 12th overall? Something like that. Something. He was supposed to be so good. And then I want to say I want to say he was a big reason why they didn't end up winning the Cup in 2016. Because, or was it 17. 2017? 17. Sorry. 2017. Because if I'm not mistaken, in the second round, he broke his femur. Right. And he which been a, is a been huge a recovery. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest bone in your body for most people. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> no, your, your femur, it's a difficult recovery. Adam. So, yeah, sorry, the other sorry, the the second biggest bone in your body is your other femur. 
That's right. <laughs> they are what not the same size. Uh, there were a number of people within the organization who were worried that over the month leading to the trade deadline, Fenton became too singularly focused and, quote, obsessed. That's mm-hmm. the word they used with getting Fiala who he feels could become a great game-breaker. It apparently took some convincing from his staff to keep Fenton from giving up more than Granlin and even retaining salary in the trade. Kids, what do we say about 23-year-old prospects? There was just there was just frustration beyond the point of comprehension, a source said. And this is what's so interesting. Fenton was proud of his one-for-one, quote, hockey trade, which we hear thrown around, which I don't know what that means. But very rarely in the NHL is a known quantity like Granlin trading for an unproven player without uh, getting another asset back. It sure sounds like Paul Fenton's old manager, David Poyle, strung him along uh, for a month to the point that Fenton thought he was getting a steal when Poyle finally agreed. So Poyle took his apprentice, basically used everything he knew about him, and just murdered him. Which is why welcome David, to the welcome to the bigs, kid. Which is why David Poyle, fifty-nine-year-old kid, who has been general manager for how long? Oh, forever. He's one of the best GMs in the NHL. That's consistently. Why. That's why, because he knows how to take. While you're on his team, great. And I'm sure he's really such a fun guy to be around. But he is absolutely going to take you to the cleaners if he can. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you? So, this is what's so interesting about about Granlin, because Granlin um, had 54 points last year. Granlin regularly gets that. Yeah, that's a game. Game breaking. He's a player. fifty point center. Well, he's your yeah. number two center consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's twenty seven, so he's in the prime of his career in the Wild, who are supposed to be in win now mode. He had sixty seven a year ago, sixty nine the year before that, and forty four nice. the year before that. Kevin Fiala had that great run with the with the playoffs and stuff in Nashville, even though really he had in twelve games four points. The most he's ever had in an NHL season is forty eight that year, that magic Nashville year. The next year... He had 48 points that year? 48 mm-hmm. points, 23-25. The next year, 64 games, 32 points. So about the same pace. Uh, oh, sorry. A little less. I'm wrong. Oh. This year. That's that's this year. Um, 64 games with Nashville. He had 32 points. 19 games with the Wild, 7 points. So he's fallen off a wee bit. So you got the GM who's super focused on a guy, a GM who's super worried about leaks, things that don't matter, bugging the players when they're in the middle of a losing streak, talking about injury, like who the hell cares? Bugging the staff, letting and I the staff have, go. I have hit on maybe 30% of this article. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Yeah, for anyone who's like, Adam, just read the whole thing. No, no. It's, it's, it's a rare example of a long read with zero lulls. Mm-hmm. None. It's just back-to-back hits. It's, oh, everything. The um, the Victor Rask finger part made me laugh out loud. Because, not, not. I mean, I feel feel bad for the guy, but they did this wrong. They did this wrong. Yeah. They did this wrong. And then they got this guy, who cut his finger in the kitchen but somehow. It just and, seems like if <laughs> no, they had done, you know, you know sometimes when you want to tweet something angrily? Somebody uh, tweets something, you no. go, how the hell? Never. And you want to how the hell them? Right? And you do the, I'm going to put my phone down for a second and go, do I really want to tweet that? I did that that today. Yeah. I typed up a tweet five times and then put my phone down. (laughs) It seems like if Paul Fenton had done that with his trades, none of them would have worked out this way. Oh, my God. Or listened to anybody. Valued anybody's anybody's input, anybody's opinion. He self-admittedly had the person who was great at explaining analytics voluntarily leave. 
Yeah, by his own admission, unless he was just bullshitting, uh, Alex Mandricki sounded like the perfect person for him to have on his staff. Because he didn't get analytics, so why not have the person that gets it? All right. Now I, <laughs> I remember the first time you went off on the on the Minnesota Wild because it was Chuck Fletcher who is also a maniac. Um, well, and and it was really about the contracts that they signed before the lockout. Yeah, and I, I think Fletcher is, he's he, he, the reason Ron Hextall was let go from the Flyers is supposedly he wouldn't do what the higher ups wanted him to do. Right. So they hired Chuck Fletcher, who historically has done that. Minnesota Wild go, here's $196 million. Go out and get us Ryan Suter and Zach Parise, who are halfway through their contracts, roughly. Oof. Yeah. So, although, I, I kind of like what Fletcher's done with the Flyers a little bit. Um, the rabbit hole went so much deeper than I thought. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Well, and, and it, it, it really does, you know what, when we talk about, find out who the worst GM is and call them? All the time. Paul Fenton seems like the guy you wanted to call, and David Poyle did exactly that. And it's a relatively minor trade Fiala for Brand. Like it's not. That's not a. Listen. Yes that's and a, no. That's it not a like, ground shaker. Yeah, but it was a proven second line center for an unproven twenty three year old left winger. Yeah, and Granlund. And it was why I think <laughs> is on a nice deal. It's Can't, five point oh, yeah. seven. I think. Oh, that's eh, not bad. That's about market twenty seven. Yeah, that's he's a prime. Yeah, he's not going to yeah. get better, but he's not going to get worse. Yeah, and that hasn't included all the right. Jason Zucker nonsense that happened too, which you know his wife was tweeting about. We didn't even get in. Where the that. hell is he yeah. going to end up? How's Matt Zuccarello feel right now? Well, Matt Zuccarello did the smart thing and took the biggest contract he could. Well, took all the money, and I mean, if you're Matt Zuccarello, you're like, I have this contract. They could always trade me, mm-hmm. or not, or I mean, or you could stay in one of the best cities in the world to live in. Minnesota? Yeah, it's a great city. Really? Yeah, St. Paul and, yeah, like the... Minneapolis, I feel like I could name 30 cities. Well, if you're, okay, listen. You know, he, Matt Zuccarello knows what it's like to live in New York. So, yes, yeah. man, there's no comparison there. But but Minnesota's not... Don't don't sleep on Minnesota, yeah, man. I yeah. think you actually would be really... I think you guys would love Minneapolis because it's very okay. young and cool and there's a lot of stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. It just sort of gets ignored. It was good enough for Prince. It was good enough for Prince. It was very it's true. And Kirby Prince. Puckett. And, yes, I know that because of that Chris Rock bit. <laughs> exactly. I, I know of two famous people from Minnesota because of Chris Rock, and that's it. And now I guess Joe Maurer, too. But, yeah. And uh, uh, a Rash Madani's favorite football team. The Vikings. The Vikings. Oh, yeah, he's, so he's Vikings obsessed guy. with them. Yes. Poor guy. <laughs> Every year it's going to be their year. NFL banter. <laughs> Adam Thielen, am I right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. I always say. <laughs> so we did mention last show that Antonio Brown might retire. By the way, right? Yeah, we because talked about okay, that. Okay, I did. The, uh, I did want to. I was wanted. I did want to make that yeah, thing. Yeah. It was funny seeing Stephen A. Smith go off on him today. He's like, because he's of course it's like going into the NFL season. He's like, I was on vacation, but we're bringing it up anyway because yeah. like, he wanted well, to talk about it. And you brought it up. Like As just before it, it started, blew up, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. it was Taking that off. one initial set of tweets, and then it was funny because the initial guy, the guy from Sports Illustrated that we quoted, he was getting a pile of hate from Raider fans, mm. and then Adam Schefter tweeted and backed him up, and everybody's like, "Oh, so this is for real? Oh. <laughs> like this is actually happening?" Did you see the Tom Brady quotes today? No, he doesn't like the helmet either. So he was one of the 32 players who used the old helmets last year. What is the helmet made of? Strawberries, Tom. And Tom Brady comes out and he says, "I won. I was in the last four Super Bowls with my old helmet, so it's going to take an adjustment. But I don't have a choice." 
Oh, that's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> and he said he hasn't found a helmet he's comfortable with yet. But no one said he had to like it. Yeah. But he's like, well, I think based on Tom Brady's e- eating habits, we can deduce that he might be a particular kind of guy. <laughs> I think he likes habits. Yeah, and uh, detail. Yeah. Imagine they, uh, imagine, imagine they made um, uh, Jack Eichel change anything. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. That was nuts. Sorry, Jack. You can't have that ham sandwich anymore. What the hell? I'm out of here. You gotta have seven apples instead of eight. Yeah. Like if you're if you're the team pest, Oof. going oh, yeah. up against the Sabers, let's say in the playoffs, your job is just to like find Jack Eichel's route to work and screw with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like your job happens before the arena. That's a good point. A hundred percent. F- find out. Pull where the fire alarm at the local restaurant he goes to every day. Do something. Local <laughs> restaurant. Find out. Like, well, what, what is what does he drink? What is it? I'll buy your whole stock. Yeah, you know what I would do? <laughs> I would close it down for a personal event. I would just mm. rent the restaurant. Yeah, literally. Because yeah. you make enough money as an NHL player, you could do that. Rent a Red Robin, like freaking <laughs> South Park, and just yeah. Sorry, Jack, you can't go here. It just completely mess with his everything. It would be great. Now, I do want to talk about a couple of things. One quote relates to. Austin Matthews. Interesting. And it's one that we haven't talked about because, again, some, I was spreading our, our prep over a couple episodes here. This is new? Austin it's Matthews Relatively. News? It's newer than the Paul Fenton news, but it's August 6th news, and yeah, this is the yeah. 12th. Hit me with the four, Adam. Well, you, you retweeted this, Steve, but it has to do with Austin Matthews and Ice Time and Mike Babcock. And then there's a part B to this. Oh, and it's from Matt Larkin from the Hockey News. Now, oh. I, I couldn't find the full interview. Uh, it's Apparently, you can watch the whole thing in the next issue of the Hockey News, so shout out to them if you are a subscriber. And here's what Mike Babcock says. And this is, again, a quote that was taken on video. So remember that there might be a little nuance lost here. And I didn't remember that when I retweeted it angrily. But it said, I think each guy should manage his team the best way he can. But there's no question. I think he and John, as in Austin and John, to be as good as they're capable of being, should be right around the 19-minute mark per game. Some nights, they're going to be 18. Some nights, they're going to be 20. But that's where I think Austin's best for sure. He's an important part. I think he's earned the right over time, as he's gotten better, to earn more and more. A big part of the game is you earning what you get. Your teammates respect that, and Austin's done a real good job in that area. Now, the thing that hung people up... It's heaped with praise. (laughs) Heaped with praise. The thing that hung people up was the amount of minutes Austin Matthews will be on the ice. The number 19? Yes. Not even John Tavares. No, no, not even. Who probably should have also played more in games. And what's interesting, I think, most about this is I don't think anybody can disagree with Mike Babcock on the regular season on that. No, which I assume is what he's talking about. I hope. Why why would he say, well, yeah, come playoff time, I'm going to play him 25 minutes a night. Unless it goes to triple overtime, and then you're going to play him 45 minutes. I'll just play him until the freaking wheels fall off. It's do or die, game seven. Like, Is that what you were expecting, guys? Well, maybe I was. But I think I was the a, only person who didn't freak out about this. It made me feel very concerned. It's, we're sensitive. I understand. It made me realize how bad the PR around Mike Babcock is right now. No Dom, one trusts him to do anything. Dom Lecision wrote back, 2007-2008, Zetterberg, 2204, Datsuk, 2123. No surprise that was the most successful his most successful season as a coach. There it is. Well, because Red Wings fans were tweeting it like, ah, yeah, that sounds familiar. Because supposedly, for the most part, he didn't ride those two. 
as much as he should have. Even 21-22. Like, is that regular season or playoff? That was regular season. Those numbers that I quoted from Dom are regular season. And listen, I think if you are aiming to win the Stanley Cup, yes, you want your players to be healthy. You don't want to burn them out in the regular season. Totally get that. If that's truly the case, then maybe don't play Freddie Anderson all the time, but that's a different issue. (gasps) Now, if... If you're worried about Austin Matthews and John Tavares, Tavares is 29? Mm, 28 or 29. Ma- and, and in peak physical condition, yeah. John Tavares. Like he just is, came off the best season of his life. He's in incredible shape. The guy's a gym rat. He eats hot. Like he is just hockey. 29 on September 20th. Austin Matthews is 22 now? Going to be 22? This is going Very into his soon. fourth season? I think their birthdays are like a week apart. Austin so, Matthews is 22 on September 17th. There you Maybe go. four days apart. So so he's 22 going into this season. Yeah, for hockey season purposes. You're going to tell me that you can't play those guys two extra minutes a night? Of course you can. Sure. But in the regular season, what's the point? Winning. Also, Winning, Also, yes. the most expensive hockey ticket in the league is the Toronto Maple Leafs. When I go, yes. who do I want to see? The Leafs' strength. You want to see the Paul stars. Paul Martin. That's right. That's yes. who I want to see. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, yes, the Leafs' strength, though. You, you, of course, you want to see the stars, but the Leafs' strength is they have more offensive weapons than you. They just have more. Right. They got Austin Matthews. They got John Tavares. They got Mitch Marner. Nope. They got William Nylander. Yep. They get well. Yeah. They will have Mitch Marner. No. Nope. I'm talking I'm it into existence. <laughs> no, because the Vancouver Canucks are going to sign him. Oh, very good. Thank they you, have Howard Zach Hyman. Before he left, twenty goal scorer. Mm-hmm. They got Andreas Janssen. They got Kasperi Kapanen. They got Trevor Moore. Their offense is better than yours. They hit you with wave after wave after wave. And over an 82 game regular season, uh, you got John Tavares who got a little banged up down the stretch. You got Austin Matthews who's been hurt a couple times. Uh, you know, one was a stiff hit, another was a freak accident where his own teammate dinged him in the head. How often do you see that? Like, and accidents happen. It doesn't even need to be an injury-prone sort of thing. So over an 82-game regular season, we're not talking about benching the guy. We're talking about playing him 18 or 19 instead of 22. Mm-hmm. Which, Which is the right thing to do. In January, I think sure. it's completely reasonable. Especially because we know it'll be Tampa, Boston, Toronto again. Oh, just <laughs> We're definitely playing Boston, by the way. It's happening. Would it's you guys not Florida's like throwing a see... monkey wrench in the division. Uh, Would you guys not like to see the Leafs adopt like a load management style with their I team? I love that. Yeah. No, I love that. I think, I think well, for me it was, it's not what was said there. It's the history. Yeah, but we, we can't, that's, that's the playoffs though. Let's worry about that next year. He's talking. He's yeah. talking about the regular season. If Austin Matthews plays 19 minutes during the regular season, then let's wait till game one of the playoffs. But I still want to see him more than that. But yeah, okay. It's. I almost feel like Babcock said it to wind us up on purpose. Yeah. Because this guy knows that the reason the fan base literally just turned on him because of one game. Uh-huh. It was, you know, he's done other stuff to piss us off, like any coach will. But one game shattered. Our faith in this coach. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. But then he goes out and sa- says that. I don't think he's winding us up. I just think he's that he's, oblivious. And he should be. Like, he should oblivious? Be that, he should be, be oblivious to us. 
He shouldn't be oblivious to the way he deployed people. I, 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 I had a couple people in my mentions. should not be taking pointers from me. No, but but, but we had a couple people in my mentions going, well, hey, wait a second, you know, what was he supposed to do? Keep Marner and Tavares and Matthews and all these guys on the ice for that long? I'm yes. like, they, yes. They mm -hmm. have, they, what do you do? Well, you do Austin and whoever, Austin, Willie, and whoever whoever they're playing with. Yeah. Janssen, Kapanen, whatever. And then you do, I guess they were playing Hyman, they probably shouldn't have been. In that in that time, but yeah. then you roll out with the next line: Tavares, Marner, and say Janssen, and you play those two lines. Yeah, and we're talking. That's, we're oh, talking about Game Seven. Game Seven, final yeah, five minutes. You go till you, don't you can't have go anymore. There's no tomorrow. Yeah. We're stuck yes. there. Like we we as a fan base are stuck in that game. Yeah, well, but and in, where else are we supposed to be? In, exactly. That in December minutes. versus Montreal, Austin Matthews can play 19 minutes. He can play 18 minutes. Right. Who cares? Right. I agreed. Yeah. And that's that's I think an important thing. But that five minutes was the season. Yeah. Everything they did, every time they went to the gym, every meal they ate, every cookie they said no to, all of them went down to that last five minutes. But and that's a, where I'm sensitive as, as a, a fan. fan. As a fan base, you need to disassociate the last five minutes of Game 7 with a quote that comes out on August 6th. But, Jesse, it was a traumatic experience. <laughs> and you're asking people to just stop thinking about this trauma. You know, you know what would dispel all this shit? If anybody from the lease organization said, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. No, what's going to dispel the, that is you win a round next year. And that that's something you gotta just be patient. You gotta just wait till this is what kills me. Yo, wait till May, wait till April. The, the Leafs, end of April. They they literally cannot make this right mm. until next April. April yes. when they have a chance right. to make it right, potentially against the same friggin' guys. Right. Drives me nuts. And mm. Leafs fans, while I have you, let's do let's do something. Alright. Let's not Start hating Ilya Mikheyev before he even hits the ice. Well, and here's the second part. <laughs> the guy has not played a game. He took a selfie with Mike Babcock. This is what I was going to talk about, because Mike Babcock has been showing him around Toronto, and he's mentioned him several times in interviews, and they took a selfie at a gas station oh, yeah. for some reason. Yeah, he looks like Daniel Shifter. Anyway. I don't know who that is. So, he's a so basically, everybody's maker. written him off already. Everybody's written this Mikhailov guy off already. Yeah, he and he hasn't played yet. Well, and people are like, "Oh, Babcock's going to play him thirty minutes a night," which is the sort of thing I would say jokingly. But you read it like people mean it; they think that's what's about to happen. Just because Babcock took him to the Egglicious down the street from the Leafs practice facility. Is that what that is? is that the yeah, he took him to like a greasy spoon down the street from the in in sunny Etobicoke. Like poor Mikhailov. He comes to Toronto. And he's got a hang in South Etobicoke. He can go <laughs> anywhere. What, ki what kind of food do you want to eat? We have everything. And Babcock took... To, like, I've been there. I love it. This is not where I would <laughs> my favorite, take, take my, uh, my Russian prospect for a hot date. By the way, at Juno the Leafs was the one with the uh, the tweet on that one. And actually, what I love is uh, there's a guy named at one fan advantage. He actually follows, follows us. I don't know if he's ever tweeted me before, but he tweeted at Juno back and he said, this is me and Mike Babcock at my friend's restaurant. I was so drunk I didn't flip my phone camera and took two photos of the bar before Mike flipped it for me. What a swell guy. <laughs> and, he has, <laughs> and he's got a picture with him. Oh, fun. <laughs> Which is amazing. That's a funny story. Bab's got the wide eyes. Oh, this guy's hammered. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, you can see how maybe 
You understand. Listen, it doesn't have to be rational. Being a fan <laughs> is not, not being rational. rational it's all. fanatic for a reason. But you can understand how maybe I would have been a little triggered by the 19-minute thing, and maybe a little more triggered by the fact that he's touring this this guy around that we've never seen play. Oh. And by the way, I think, from what I've read from McKayev, that he's actually going to fit in quite well. Yeah, well his, sure. what, what I love is that basically no one talked about him. And like the video about McKayev on YouTube right now is when his agent, Dan Milstein, came on the radio with me, Scott MacArthur, and Justin Bourne. And he was... I made a bit about like, oh yeah, so his agent says he's going to score 50 goals, that's wonderful, and his, oh no, that's not what I said, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, so anyway, uh, but how is he going to score 50 goals? So was, was he funny about that? He, he was funny about it, he had a Russian sense of humor about it and everything, but it, he talked very glowingly about Mikheyev, and, and he said, uh, I'm, he said something along the lines of, I'm very excited for Mikheyev to hit the ice because then we can start negotiating his next contract. Is that what Babcock said? No, that's or what Milstein, Milstein said. <laughs> that's funny. So Milstein obviously thinks this guy's going to make him a bunch of money, and I hope he does! Oh, Because sure that means he's a great player! That'd be Gruber. great. I, I would love it if McKay was a Gruber. I would love that very much. Maybe, and maybe he's so good they signed him to a seven-year deal. And they traded him to Ottawa in 2024. It, well, so <laughs> it's it's a perfect storm of so Makita the mood. Mikhail. <clears throat> and Babcock calls him Mickey. <laughs> calls him Mickey. But you know when you go into the corners, don't be a mouse there, Mickey. He, oh, so, hey, yo, I'm the coach. You don't boo me, all right? How's that? That's all right. No. I forgot. I gotta lick your ass. <laughs> you gotta- oh, God. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you don't get that, listen to the last episode. Don't Igor Oja go there. Yeah, oh, uh, how oh, dare man. you. Um, no, so it's the perfect storm of Babcock just says this friggin' quote like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Has the selfie with Mikheyev. Mm-hmm. What's the only other thing we know about Mikheyev? A little snippet from a Steve Simmons article <sighs> where he says that he heard the Leafs are thinking about starting Nylander, Matthews, McKayev. And you know what? Nylander and Matthews on that line, it doesn't matter how good McKayev is. Yeah. Just get in the way. And 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 that's not a, a that's not a slight against Zach Hyman, but I don't think I don't think Zach Hyman Zach Hyman wouldn't be wouldn't be like, I'm the star of my line. You talk about a player just doing his friggin' job and making the most He's of it. He's the best of that. Zach Hyman. Yeah. And if McKayev could do essentially a second part of what Zach Hyman did, yeah. open up some room. Get in the corners, get dirty, which is what we've heard McKayev can do. Great. And then on the third line, you've got some some version of Janssen, Kerfoot, Kapanen, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I hope That's McKayev right. is so good that he can hold that spot down. Because that just pushes all the other assassins this team has down. Anyway, everyone, give this guy a friggin' shot. He hasn't even hit the ice. Can we just call it overreaction August? Any oh, yes. hockey news right now seems like the biggest hockey news, yeah. and it's really not. <sighs> Which I brings think. us to Besser for Marner. <laughs> Which isn't news. <laughs> and a first or something. <laughs> well, somebody... So so uh, we should mention this, yeah. just because it no, was news today. It was news. No, no, no we're no, going to do it. Bring it up. So, at Burger underscore Bites. Howard Burger. Howard Burger. What do we know about Howard Burger? Uh, he was a member of the fan when it first started. Yeah, he was on the fan 590 for a long time, yeah. 1992 or three. He's, uh, part of one of the most iconic, uh, viral videos of the Leafs' dark era, mm-hmm. when Ron Wilson yelled at him. 
He said something, yeah, it makes me mad. Like, how I'm mad at you, Howard. Howard Berger, basically, Ron Wilson nabbed Jason Spezza, actually, for an illegal curve in a game after the Leafs had already been eliminated from the playoffs. And Berger basically said, you know, why would Ron Wilson do that? Because now teams are going to know not to play with an illegal curve or whatever. So when the games actually matter, you know, yada, yada, yada. And basically Wilson got mad at him for calling his integrity into question. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berger hasn't worked for a mainstream outlet for quite some time. Can I, can I read a Toronto Star article about Howard Berger that was published last summer? Sure. Oh. Howard Berger, the one-time Maple Leafs beat reporter, was telling a story about his new life outside of the sports business. At the drugstore not long ago, an acquaintance asked him how he'd been occupying his time. Berger, who hasn't filed a report to air on Toronto radio since 2011, explained that he had recently made a career transition. He's been working as a funeral director's assistant at a mortuary. The acquaintance looked at me and said, that's got to be awfully depressing. As you can understand that reaction, because when you think of funerals, you think of death. The concept of death for most people is depressing, even though it's much of a part of... A life as being born. But Berger doesn't see his job in the same grim light. And then goes on to talk about his new life. Also, everyone, he covered the 2011 Leafs. Like, oh. I, I would say he's got a happier job now <laughs> than he had back then. Uh, <laughs> the easy joke. I'm going to I'm gonna leave now. So we're taking this report from a funeral director's assistant. Yep. Now, uh, Howard tweeted uh, two days ago that the Canucks are considering an offer sheet for Mitch Marner and have talked to the Leafs about a trade involving Marner. Fart! Now, offer sheeting Mitch Marner is impossible for them because they have $5 million. Yeah, they don't have enough money to get to, to keep Brock Besser. Yeah. So the idea, I guess, is that the, the trade would involve Besser? It could involve more pieces. Would have to involve Maybe more Besser pieces. Maybe Besser and Tanev think, and a first I think and Besser's a second. very good. And Uri Mikush. And, sorry. Yeah, Besser's very good. He's not Mitch Marner good. Now, and I think Canucks fans would agree with that. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, um, I love Besser. Yeah, exactly. Really uh, so the Canucks are considering an offer sheet for Mitch Marner and have talked to the Leafs about a trade involving Marner. Now, what that can mean, and I want you to really listen to this, have talked to the Leafs about a trade involving Marner. Hey, Steve. Yes. Uh, I want you to give me your house. No. I've talked I've, with Steve. I want to file a report about Adam Wilde talking to Steve about buying his house. <laughs> there it is. There you go. It's factual information. Now, <laughs> he, followed, <laughs> you're yeah. now so he you followed that up with why Leafs coach Mike Babcock may only last 20 games this season. Who said this? Burger? Burger. What? Today, uh, yesterday. Yeah. He said, if you talk to hockey people, as I try to do between working my funeral services as my day job, mm-hmm. what I... About to write is a common assessment. Mike Babcock needs a productive start with the Maple Leafs in October and November to remain as the club's head coach. And here's the quote. He's got 20 games, said a well-known figure in the National Hockey League. If the Leafs aren't playing up to par by mid-November, Babcock's gone. Count on it. There's lots of appetite for change in Toronto. Am I Howard Berger's source? (laughs) Well, isn't that the same for any coach? Well, well, you know, they're dog shit, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that time that most coaches get fired to start the season. You know, if the Leafs go 0-20, I think Babcock might be fired. Maybe. Like, that's the... Right around mid-November is when we always go, Hey, 
No one's been fired yet. <laughs> and then someone gets fired almost every year, except for that one time. Do you remember 2018? Mm-hmm. When we went the entire season, except on the last day, the last someone got day. fired. But their season had ended. What a dick move. They played 82. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious. It, dude. <laughs> considering it. Here. I want to I read you guys something. The other day, I was on the Go Train. Go Train and me are not a good combination. Okay. Why? Because uh, sometimes when I'm on the train, I tweet. Purely out of boredom. Yeah. I tweet for the sake of it. Yeah. Yeah. You're tweeting to just tweet. Here's a tweet. Mitch Marner is an RFA. That's the tweet. Here, you want to hear another tweet? Braden Point is an RFA. That's the tweet. You want to hear another tweet? Sure. Miko Rantanen is an RFA. That's the tweet. You want to hear another tweet? Sure, yeah. I love Matthew tweets. Kachuk is an RFA. That's the tweet. You want to hear another tweet? <laughs> Kyle Connor is an RFA. That's all I got. You want another tweet? Brock Besser is an RFA. Patrick Laine is an RFA. Travis Konechny is an RFA. Zach Wierenski is an RFA, which I found out last week. It is wild that Zach Wierenski is an RFA, and nobody's talking about it. Colin White is an RFA. Kevin Fiala is an RFA. Anthony D'Angelo is an RFA. Charlie McAvoy is an RFA. And Sneaky Dirty. Adrian Kempe is an RFA. Anthony Bovillier is an RFA. Nikolai Goldobin is an RFA. Ivan Provorov is an RFA. One offer sheet. Sebastian Ajo. And it was garbage. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn the death of offer sheets. <laughs> They're dead. You know, I, I've completely changed my mind on the Marner saga. What would have which okay for what was your initial opinion? My initial opinion was please God let this be over now. Uh-huh. And believe me, if the Leafs sign him, I will be very happy. Sure. I don't care what they sign him for at this point, just sign him. Who cares? I'm not quite there yet, but I'm care. getting there. I don't care. I'm gonna be happy. Yeah, I just want him on my hockey team at yep. this point. Uh however, supposedly all the RFAs that I just mentioned are waiting on Marner because they assume he's going to get the most, he's going to get overpaid. Mm-hmm. He'll set the market, which will set them all up. Now that the Leafs have done the David Clarkson deal and they can actually afford it, no. I want to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. You all want to play this fucking game? You all want to play the... Are you, are you meaning to tell me you are allowing the Toronto Maple Leafs to affect how you conduct business? Kyle? You have my permission as a Leaf fan to take this as long as you want. You have my permission to go to friggin' Christmas with Marner if you want. It's funny. You, because, what? Kyle Dubas just asked, just tweeted he's looking for Steve Dangle's permission to do it. Whoa, something. he did. Yeah, yeah. Right after he took a picture that, with Becky Lynch. And now that he's got it, you can go ahead. Uh, listen, <laughs> I want it to be September 20th and have every other fan base just melting down because Brock Besser's not signed Matthew Kachuk's not signed Andrew Majapane, another guy in the flames, hey, Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine, neither of them signed, what the hell are the Jets going to do this season? Colin White well, I mean that would involve the Sens actually paying somebody some money, so I don't see that happening Zach Wierenski it's okay, it's not like the Blue Jackets <clears throat> it's not like the Blue Jackets lost anyone this offseason right? Charlie McAvoy, is he important to the Bruins' success? Yeah. Nah, probably not. Nah. 
Yeah, he, he can't be. And Braden Point. It's not like. Isn't the Lightning need him? It's not like Columbus has, has like Columbus of all the teams you named has so much cap space. Mm-hmm. It's like they could just sign those guys tomorrow and be like, all right, it's done. Yeah, it's done. Colorado with Rantanen, they have so much cap space. Haven't signed them. Haven't signed them. Wonder why. So NHL. I regret to inform you that the Leafs are not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with us. And I hope Mitch Marner takes as long as possible. So you're saying that because because ev- everybody's saying that Mitch Marner's going to set the market for some dumb reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they would let Mitch Marner set the market. If I am Braden Point's agent, I'm setting the damn market. That's my client. I'm not waiting on Mitch Marner. If I'm Miko Rantanen's agent, are you kidding me? I'm not I'm not going to let some winger in Toronto set the market. I'm freaking Miko Rantanen's agent. Wow. No way. Oh. Good for you. No way. Wow. That's a big 5%. Listen, I'm just saying, You, the argument can and should be made that Rantanen is a more valuable player. What? <laughs> Adam, don't, just, not don't say things. Say no. Things. Oh, I thought he was a center. No. Point for sure. <laughs> yes. No, I like it. No, Miko Rantanen is a center now. I am. I'm Darren Ferris, and this and has been plays, my podcast. And he plays on a power play unit with the Kita Gusev on the right point. All right, I had mine. But the point is, the point I'm trying to make here, the Braden point, is that Mitch Marner should not be setting the market this offseason. He's not the best player available. I, I. I think what we're going to end up discovering is it's not some diabolical scheme and it's just a bunch of hockey people who don't actually really know what they're doing. <laughs> but I hope they're all waiting on Marner. I, I, because that means none of them will get signed until December 1st. It's also ridiculous to do that. It's stupid. Yeah. Somebody's going to capitulate. And guess what? I think it's going to be a player hmm. and I think it's going to be when training camp hits, maybe a weekend, and all the other guys are going to be like, damn it! There's going to be a lot of Fs. Throwing around. I think the line A deal gets done soon because I think it'll be a weird bridge deal. And I don't see yeah. that affecting the market. It, I, th- I think what's going to happen is one guy's going to get done, one of the big names, and line A would be a big name, mm-hmm. and everyone's going to run around like a chicken with their head cut off because it's the NHL and that's how it works. Right. One <laughs> of the big guys, one of the big like five or six, are going to sign and it'll be off to the friggin' races. Also, for a few of those people on the list, Mitch Marner setting the market. Nikolai Goldobin? Yeah, no. Nikolai Goldobin? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wierenski? Uh, like, uh, Zach's pretty good. But Zach's a defenseman. Okay. What, is he, what also, does that have to do with anything? shit about Miko Rantanen. He had 87 points in 74 games last year. Wierenski? No, Rantanen. Oh, Rantanen. I was oh, like, I, I thought he had a great year. Yeah, he yeah, did. But- I don't think we're, we're not arguing that Miko Randon is a better player than Mitch Marner. Our, Steve was. You know what? Miko Randon is a better player. So now we're all waiting <laughs> no, for No, that Miko. was your argument. Well, why not? No, I'm changing it. <laughs> you know, I'm changing it. We're all waiting on Miko he's now. A, he's he's, in, that top, he's in that top class, yeah. but I don't think he's better at all. He scored far more points on a far but, less good team. Yeah. All I'm saying. All I'm saying is everyone <laughs> is getting into a who can eat the last contest mm-hmm. with a fat guy. Now, do you think and the least of the guys... fat guy, and they're going to be fine? So I want to see everyone else sweat. I want to know how much Spencer Foo gets. Wow. RFA Spencer Foo of the Calgary Flames. Well, I guess we'll have to wait for the <laughs> to sign to find out. <laughs> yeah, Brady Chuck is the guy that that 
I think was mentioned recently. Matthew. Like, Matthew. No, oh, Matthew, excuse oh, yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. Matthew Chuck, they were saying that, what was it? What was it? He was okay. wanting like okay. 10 million bucks or something like that? I think it was Does he? somebody. I think some oh, good. some reporter somewhere good. said something like ridiculous. It was like a crazy amount of money. Kachuk had seventy seven points. He must be better than Mitch Marner. Definitely. Oh, dude, what the <laughs> fuck? Flames <laughs> fans, not crazy. Am I nuts? You want to get nuts? I hope this goes on as long as possible. Oh You're all God. boned. <laughs> You're all boned. Oh you want to get nuts? You want to do this? You want to let Darren Ferris run your lives? Yeah, he is. He's going to run it. Darren Ferris You are going. in for a rude awakening, rest of the NHL. Oh, it's going to be good. I hope this takes forever. I hope Canadian Thanksgiving blows by us. <laughs> American Thanksgiving with your six-day weekend or whatever that nonsense is, Americans. I hope Marner's not in a Leaf jersey by then. I hope he's not. Oh, we're still waiting. We still waiting be. for oh, him to we put will be. pen but to paper. Do you notice, in all honesty, that that people are just sort of more relaxed about it? Oh, because like, we've been to war before. Yeah, I've been chewed out before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Question. I'm starting that, to not give a shit. Question that really only applies to me. I'm interested to see how NHL 20 handles it because what do they do when he's unsigned and he's on the team? Do I think you, he's just under free agents, is, or he might just be on the team. That's a good point. I mean, he'll be on the team as an RFA, though, right? You have to resign. Is that do your you, first order of business? But like, if I go to play now and I just want to play with the Leafs, is he on the team? Because um, I, I didn't have uh, 19 at the beginning of the last season with Nylander. I think what happens is uh, you start the game and one of your teammates sabotages it by pulling the goalie, and then you restart <laughs> and try to find another game. <laughs> Steve's definitely not upset about that. <laughs> is this happening online? You play video games? All the time. Okay, your name is Steve Dangle on there. Do you think that they don't want to fuck with no, you? No, I think they're just assholves fucking with whoever's Dude, in the game I with them. I think they're fucking with I you. Think it's you. <laughs> Do you think they it. don't know you? Yeah. You think they wouldn't know? They would have some general idea of who you are. Most people you're playing are gonna be like, "Hey, that's Steve Jangle." And you know Let's what? Fuck with them. And you know what? It's gonna be even worse now that people know what Paul is. Oh, you. it's gonna be so good! I play Red Dead now. You're screw you know, all you can't you. play a single when, game online. When Steve gets 20 and he starts playing online, I want a thread on our Reddit to show up of times I screwed with Steve Dangle and NHL 20. <laughs> I want to know what you did. Um, but you know, you'd be oh, really great. funny if NHL 20 started with like, you, if you were like, be a GM mode. Mm-hmm. And it started with, uh, like, you wanted to negotiate with Mitch Marner, and then just his agent says no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just no. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, set ticket prices. Set hot dog prices. Where's the alienate all my employees button? <laughs> Where's the get hypersensitive about leaks button? <laughs> <laughs> what? They wanna, they're on a mission to make this game as realistic as possible. Uh-huh. Where's the fuck with YouTubers button? <laughs> Where's the secure line button? That's what I want to know. I want to know where that's that is. Really also. important. Really important. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's all we got. But let's do a little press conference anyway. The presser. Steve. The Steve Dangle press conference. For today's oh, two things for today's press conference. One, a story from our good friend Typhoon Pinez. <laughs> 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 on our Reddit page. <laughs> okay. It's his Reddit name. I'm sorry. I had to read it. <laughs> I think he made that on purpose. <laughs> no. He didn't. Just it was just an accident. Jesse's uh, silky voice. Sorry. Typhoon penis. 
<laughs> he writes, recently saw Nathan McKinnon at a Subway. On his sub, he ordered mayo, mustard, ranch, and chipotle southwest sauce Jesus all on Lord. one sub. What are your thoughts on this? That's from Typh- Typhoon Peanuts. <laughs> well, I guess we know which kind of passes Nathan McKinnon likes. Sauce. You uh, see, because... No. The Steve Dangle Podcast, <laughs> brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. We'll have no more episodes after that. Yeah, yeah, we're done. No, we're done. We're no, done. That's, They're uh, taking us off the air. <laughs> Even though we're, we put ourselves on yeah. the air. We have to take our, we have to kick our own We're asses. turning ourselves in. <laughs> we decided to end our own show because the jokes got so bad. We had a good run. <laughs> okay. Steve so Dangle Podcast, brought to you by Spit and Chicklets. This four-time <laughs> sauce. So... I think that's insane. Well, first off, you don't need mayo if you're getting. What did he have? It was. Oh, ranch. read it again. You don't so, need mayo if you got ranch. Mayo, mayo ranch is ridiculous. mustard, ranch, and Chipotle Southwest. So first off, what flavor do you like, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, there's like a <laughs> there's like mayo and mustard together are amazing. Yes, great combo. Yeah. Ranch nah. doesn't need an augmented flavor unless it's hot sauce. You can put a little like a little hot sauce on that. Like I would never put mustard and ranch. Those are two completely different things. And then and then Chipotle. <laughs> and then which Chipotle. I'm not even sure what Chipotle actually tastes like because every place I go it tastes different. Yeah. That is very fair, by the way. Like you don't know nobody knows what Chipotle is. That it's is just a, a thing point. that exists and everybody's like and it was cool for a while to be like, Yeah, my favorite my favorite religion is Chipotle and they put that in their Tinder bio in twenty twelve. Chipotle. This, this is this tastes you go to one place and this is Frank's red hot sauce. Yeah. You go to another place and this is liquid smoke. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. complete I can see ranch and Chipotle working. Sure. I can see mustard and whatever Chipotle happens working. to be at that particular restaurant. Yeah. I can see mustard and mayo working, although I'm less of a fan of that. All four? Who hurt you? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Nathan McKinnon? How, what's did him and Jack Eichel just hang out and friggin' talk about their goofy meals? That was weird. No, I disapprove. All right, and uh, back to Chipotle. Chipotle, because people always refer to Chipotle as like, oh, I got I got Chipotle, and then you got a burrito, but Chipotle is actually a pepper. And then that's some, right. So people are like, I got Chipotle sauce, but like Chipotle sauce not hot. But the actual chipotle pepper is like a dried pepper that's really hot. And yeah. people get some sauce that's kind of creamy and tastes like a weird Smoke. mayo combination. Yeah, because the base of that sauce would be mayo. Right, you're right? making up your own fish. chipotle. You're not, the you, there's of, no chipotle peppers in your damn chipotle. It's colored it's also like a, restaurant. a chipotle yeah. pepper. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, hey, can you give me some ready brown sauce? <laughs> <laughs> that might as well be it. Yeah. Hang on, I'm looking something up here. Chipotle recipe. How to make ranch dressing. Okay, so what here's is the ranch? deal. Chipotle sauce. Yeah. Its base is mayo. Ranch's base is mayo. Is it? It's yeah. all just so mayo stuff. So he bought stuff. three types of mayo <laughs> and one <God>. mustard. mustard. <laughs> <Yes. No. laughs> That's funny. And by the way, mayo, real mayo, is made from eggs. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he just, he just, eggy mustard. Hi, I would like eggs wrapped in bread. I would like <laughs> eggs in various forms wrapped in bread. With, you got a lot of eggs. Yeah. You got an egg salad sub with four different sauces, three of which are egg-based. <laughs> Who hurt and you, mustard. Nathan? Yeah. God. There you go. All right. Um, our do, you next... wanna, do you want to achieve greatness? Eat like a friggin' weirdo. <laughs> our next Travis Yost press conference question. That guy's oh. in shape. The world's yeah, but the world's but. worst food takes. 
I'm still in shape. Guys in shape. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Sorry. Our next press conference uh, question comes from Great Graceful Shutdown. We're gonna do trivia. Oh. It's not grateful. Graceful Shutdown type of penis. <laughs> 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 I wish. By the way, new rule: everybody has to be. <laughs> if your Reddit name has penis in or it, typhoon penis. It's, it's your name plus typhoon, plus penis. typhoon penis. That's how we know you're a part of the Steve Dangle community. <laughs> Wow, all the Reddit names on this page are really long and end in typhoon penis. This next one comes from Earthquake Nuts. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, also, he didn't sorry. spell it like penis to be fair. How did he it spell was it? Penis. So it was P-E-E-N-Z. Penis. Peens? Peens. 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 Typhoon Peens. Peens. <laughs> that's, that's even worse, man. <laughs> Wow, okay, alright. Wow, this has been quite the uh, couple of shows with the references. We're gonna yeah. get a really heartfelt message back, that's my actual name. <laughs> that's my, my last name. Yeah, my father was <laughs> Lieutenant Mr. Governor Peens, Peens. we called him. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Peens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Captain Corporal. He was the, Corporal. He was the president of a local Doctor. company. President Beans, as we knew him. Uh, no, Typhoon Beans. Typhoon Beans. Yeah, yeah. Because he was such a force. Oh, he was just in the community. Ah, so graceful <laughs> shutdown. He would storm over crime. <laughs> Sorry. We're gonna. The two of you can combine brains on this one. Uh oh. Thirty. 30 questions. What? You're going to try and get the most you can out of 30. Well, 31 questions is 31 NHL teams now. What is it just like who gets it first? Who? Okay. Is the franchise leader in points? Oh, my dear. We're going through all all 31, all time for each team. Each team. You get to combine your brains, come up with one answer, and we'll see how you do out of 31. Okay. Okay. So, what what do we say is successful? Like, you guys win if you get 25? Uh, 16. No, well, well that's, sixteen that's is a pass. is a fail. Or sorry, a pass. Sorry. Yeah, you should do better than sixteen. Oh, I, I feel think... like with Steve, we should be at least in the twenties. I'm going to say twenty-four. Twenty-four. Wow. Okay, twenty-four I'm, is the goal. I'm less optimistic, but okay. So you get say your holes got your goals high, not your holes guy. Yeah, <laughs> say, say your holes guy. What I said. <laughs> typhoon beans. <laughs> typhoon beans. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Typhoon beans. Corporal Captain. Corporal Captain. All right. Esquire. Anaheim Ducks. It's got to be Solani. Mm, Paul Korea. You guys got to pick one. Paul Korea. Okay, we'll go with Korea. <laughs> Steve was so hard. <laughs> it what? was Solani! Oh! I knew it! I knew it was Solani! I thought it was a contest! <laughs> no, so Adam, we're on the same team! No, no, we gotta agree. We don't want to be on your team anymore anyway. I'm keeping track. All right, let's Adam, go. the first answer was Solani. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> Solani, really? It's you're combining. Right. You're Just together, Adam. Are you Steve. now? It's a competition. Now we're not All right, now screw it. You got Jesse, it wrong. Jesse, explained that we were on the same. I team. said it like eight times. <laughs> I was. T- Lost in thought. I don't think about there's a single person listening to the show who didn't pick up that we were combining our brains. You're I was thinking about the greatest Canadian I've ever Ooh. known, Lieutenant Governor Beans. <laughs> Typhoon Beans to you. Typhoon Beans. Rear, Rear right. Admiral Typhoon Beans. Now, All right, now, now, now I'm now making a scorecard. And uh, oh, I got it. Here. Now I it's got a competition. You got it there. Yeah, okay, Adam now it's a competition. So that's a mark for Adam. Thank you. <laughs> Just he's crying. Steve wanted to do his own thing apparently. <laughs> As opposed to what? After explaining the rules. 
<laughs> it's okay. Steve. It was the first one. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. Steve, who's your pick? No, you're you're going first. Dale Howarchuk. Adam. Shane Doan. Two nothing for Adam. Damn it, <laughs> Shane Doan. Duh. Adam, you're going first this time. The Kay. Boston Bruins. Oh, um. Ray Bork. I also say Ray Bork. One point each. Ray Bork. So what is that? I'm three one, Adam. Mm-hmm. All right, Buffalo Sabers. Steve, you're first. Mm-hmm. Pat Lafontaine. Adam. Oh, uh, guy from the seventies. Uh, they had to trade the pick with Vancouver. Gil. Oh, Gilbert Perot. Gilbert Perot. Gilbert Perot is my pick. Four one, Adam. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Calgary Flames. Adam, you're up first. Theo Fleury. Jerome McGinley. Oh, I'm an idiot. Uh, was that 4-2? Four, 4-2. Two? Four, yes. two. Four, two. The Carolina Hurricanes. Mm. This would include Hartford, I would assume, right? Uh, Steve, you're up first. Yes. Oh, uh, Pat Verbeek. Ron Francis. 5-2, Adam. Damn it, I was going to say Ron Francis. Fuck. Because he was a penguin for so long. That he was. So many points. But he was there, and he was in Hartford forever before he was a penguin. In right? a high-scoring era, too. Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Adam's up first. Denny Savard. Steve? Uh, yeah, I see Denny Savard. Nobody got it right. Damn it. It's uh, Stan Makita. Oh! Shit! Should have known that with his freaking cannonball helmet. Steve, you're up I'm not, first. I think I'm almost out of getting the 20s. Steve, you're up first. No, now it's a competition. Oh, okay. Do you remember I had to set a number no. because you were combining your brains? <laughs> I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Do you remember yeah, that's no. why I was discovering I was getting a number for you guys I don't know to what get you mean. to because you were you had a goal? I don't know what you mean. Now it's head to head because you decided name. it that way. <laughs> to play us out. What does that mean? That's great. That's right. I, don't, I don't know. You're up first, Steve? Yes, sir. Uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Joe Sackick. Adam? Oh! Mm. No, you're locked in. Adam, who's your answer? Shit! I know I'm wrong. I'm trying to think of the... the... I can't change it? No. He hasn't answered yet. <laughs> change it, change it. I don't care. Peter Stastny. Adam, who's your answer? I was going to say Peter Stastny as well. However. Oh, no. I'm concerned, because Stasny was in the 80s, but he came in the <clears throat> mid-80s, and he had a five- or six-year run. Sackick was there a lot longer. It's got to be one of the two, right? We, one of us has got to be right, so I'm going to go Sackick on this one, and we'll see where that leaves us. <laughs> it was Joe <laughs> No! <laughs> so bad. Uh, yeah, oh, God. 6-2, Adam. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> Oh. All right, all right. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Adam, you're first. Who? <coughs> David Vaborny. <laughs> Rick Nash. Steve? Yeah, gotta be Rick Nash. Rick Nash. Okay, that's a 7 3. Yes. Hey, I'm up to 3. <laughs> Shit. Uh, Dallas Stars. Steve? Uh, Mike Medano. I'm Adam? also gonna say Mike Medano. That's uh, correct. Both. 8 4. Next up, Adam, the Detroit Red Wings. Well, I think uh, one Gordy Howe might be the guy that I would pick. 
but mm. Steve Eiserman is close. But I think it's got to be Gordie Howe. I'm playing the odds on this one. Red Wings fans are like, how do you not know this? And you're probably right. I yeah, it's tough. Because Gordie Howe didn't spend his whole career there. Yeah. But he he was so far ahead of everyone else. I'll say Gordie Howe. You're both correct. Gordie Howe. That's uh, 9-5. Nine nine five. Five. I think Eiserman owns the record for most points by a guy who spent his whole career with one team. That team was the Detroit Red Wings. Fewer points than Gordie with the Red Howe. Wings than Gordie Howe. Yeah. Wow. Edmonton, Steve, you're first. That's nuts. Uh, uh, Gretzky. Adam? Gretzky. Yes. 10-6. Uh, mm-hmm. Florida Panthers. Ooh, that's a Adam, one. you're up first. Florida's tough because it's been such a transient team, right? No one sticks around. No. So it's a matter of, like, it's almost like, it's, this is attrition. This is going to be like a Mark Parrish or something weird, right? It's going to be someone dumb. Um, and I'm going to hate it. Now, like, you would think your instant thought is, well, Pavel Bure, because he was great, but he was great for about two or three years there, and then I think his injuries kind of ended it, but he was on a tear when he was there. Um, another guy that think I think of is Scott Mellenby. He was there for a long time. Um... I, I know my answer, and it's really stupid. But okay, I am gonna pick. I should be jumping. Eh. I'm gonna pick Scott Mellenby, but I think I'm wrong. This can't be right. Uh huh. Ole Jokinen. <laughs> Correct answer is Ole Jokinen. Wow! wow. Nice well done. pick, Steve. Well Excellent. Done. Uh, what really? Ole Jokinen. Something dumb, right? Wow. How many? Ole Jokinen, by the way, has the second lotus total on the list at 419 points. Poor Florida. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. People are like, yeah, hockey can never work in Florida. No, it just couldn't work because they were mismanaged for so long. Right, right. Florida absolutely worked with that. So what is that score? That is 10 to 6. 7. 7. 10 to 8. You're coming back, Steve. Yeah. All right. uh, The Los Angeles Kings. Steve, you're up first. Oh, friggin, um... When he answers, I know what he'll answer. I'm completely I'm... blanking on the guy's name. Marcel Dion. Adam? I will also pick Marcel Dion. You are both correct. Marcel Dion. 11-8. You would think, though, with some of the names that went through there, people forget Yari Curry had some good years there, Luke Robitaille, Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Gretzky. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, Gretzky was the obvious, you know, yeah. but... The Minnesota Wild? Adam, you're up first. So I'm going to say... Oh, they were expansion. Zach Parise. Steven? It's a bit of a risk. Andrew Brunette. Uh, nobody got it correct. Damn. It is Miko Koifu. Oh. Wow, yeah, that was dumb. Idiot. Yeah. Oh. I feel bad uh, about that. Steve, Adam's favorite really team, dumb. the Montreal Canadiens. Mm. This is a hard one. That this is, is a hard, hard one. one. Yeah, so many great players. I don't think it was Maurice Richard, because it wasn't a very high-scoring era, and they also didn't play a ton of games. It'd be someone from, like, the super teams. Um, Guy Lafleur. Adam? I was also going to say Guy Lafleur, but I'm also thinking about, like, a Serge Savard or someone, or maybe an Henri, Henri oh, Richard. Henri. He won 11 cups. I'm going to say Henri Richard, Shit, and I'm, I'm right. going to say that reserved. I feel like it's Lafleur, but I'll, I'll say Henri Richard. It's 11-9. Steve is correct. Whoa, Guy Lafleur. There you go. Okay. Well done. Okay, okay, okay. The Nashville Predators. Uh, this player's uh, point total is actually lower than uh, 
Uh, Ole Jokinen. From, no, it's not. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, but Good never one. mind. Yeah, no, I thought not. it was never mind. Uh, Natural Predators. Adam, you're up first. Natural Predators. This is a difficult one. This one might be... Who was their first fucking draft yeah, pick? Yeah, because uh, uh, when uh, they come in the league? 98, David Legwand. I am also going to say David Legwand. David Legwand. Well done, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Okay. Um, well, that's another one where I'm like, there's no way that's right. Yeah, right? And I was get, like... Like I remember, like when unfortunately Greg Johnson passed, and and it was like, I was like, oh yeah, he was the captain. Yeah. I forgot. Like their and Andrew scorer. Burnett was picked by all of those teams somehow. Yeah. He played for all of them. Their leading scorer is someone I'm willing to bet a decent chunk of the audience has never heard of. <laughs> yes, uh, Patrick. Oh, pfft. I already screwed that one. Up. Uh, New Jersey Devils was Patrick Elias. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. We'll, we'll we'll mark that one off as a all right. Uh, New York Islanders. Oh, another tricky one. Is it my turn? No, Adams first. Okay. Trottier. Bossy. Trottier. Yes! Oh, no! Bossy okay. had way more goals, though. And if <laughs> yeah. he played longer, he absolutely would have been ahead. That's yeah, 13 10 for Adam. He, the, that, that's a fun one to look up. Look up Mike Bossy's Hockey DB. Outrageous. Outrageous stats. 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 done. <laughs> yeah, he played, what, seven years in a row of 50 goals, and then he was in his knee. Unbelievable. He's an unbelievable yeah. player. Uh, New York Rangers. Steve, you're up first. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Was Messier even a Ranger long enough? That's another team with a lot of turnover. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of years of not very, very good. One. Yeah. A lot of years they were not good. It's going to be someone from, like, the tickety years. Um, <laughs> I'll say mess. I'm going to say Andy Bathgate. Ooh. It's uh, Rod Gilbert. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, okay. yeah well, man. Never guess that. So still 13-10 for Adam. The Ottawa Senators. Uh, gotta Adam, be Adam, you're first. Alfredson. Gotta be Daniel Alfredson. Alfredson. Yeah. 14-11. The Philadelphia Flyers. Steve, you're up first. Oh, damn. Bobby Clark? Adam? Bobby Clark. Don't think too hard about that one. It's Bobby Clark. Yeah. Uh, next up, that's 15-12. Next up, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Has to be... Has to be Mario Lemieux. Mario. Mario Lemieux? Not... Well, no, I. you know what? I say not for long, but yeah, I don't know if Sid will ever catch him. It'd be pretty hard. Because uh, that would put him in the top five scoring all time, wouldn't it? No. No, because Lemieux didn't play enough oh, games. He didn't, he didn't even make games. it to 1,000 games. That's another guy. Like, I, like Mike Bossy is underrated all time, right? Underrated NHL player all time. Lemieux, you can't overrate. You can't oversell how good he was. L- Lemieux, out of any sport, is one of the players, like, just athletics was robbed of. It's it's unfair. Yeah. Absolutely unfair. It's Lemieux terrible. had 17-23. Sidney Crosby currently has 12-16. So about 500 points away. Oh, Crosby's going to have to play for a while. He, You know what? 500 he might, points? He, he might it. do it. Yeah. He might do it. It depends how long he plays. A couple yeah. more hundred points and then a few, like, yeah. 70s. It's whatever. like Ovechkin with, with Gretzky. Yeah, the like, whole time. If he, it, it's just it's it's longevity. Yeah. It's yeah. up to him. Yeah. Uh, San Jose Sharks? Oh, Adam, this one's you're not. Up first. Um... <sighs> this is a difficult one. So here's one. what I'm... 
I, I don't want to name the players I'm struggling with, but one of them was traded there, and one of them started there. And I'm going to go with Patrick Marlowe because he started there. But there's another obvious answer, which is the guy he always played with. My answer is Patrick Marlowe, but if it's Joe Thornton, I'm, I'm just going to say a swear word. It's Patrick Marlowe. Oh, okay. Excellent. All right, so that's 17-14? That's correct. And then next we have the St. Louis Blues. Steve, you're up first. Oh, Brett Hull. And I will also say Brett Hull. <laughs> Bernie... Federico? Federico. Federico? Oh. I've never heard of him. Ah, Jesus. What, what era did he play? Uh, late 80s. 70s. Early late 80s. 70s, yeah, 80s. 70s, oh. 80s guy. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, he. that's funny, eh? But Brad Hall was so good for five or six years. Like, he had, like, what did he have, a 76 goal year or something like it, or even more? Oh, he hit 80 twice, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was, he was absurd. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Adam, you're up first. Um, Marty St. Louis. Steven. Oh! There's a lot of lot you could go with there, but... Mm-hmm. Damn, he was a bolt for so long. Who are you going to say, now that I've locked my answer in? I was going to say Vinny LeCavalier, but I feel like... Vinny there was, was good for a while, too, though. I want to say there was a story... Of he got passed. I gotta have different answers from Adam. No, you don't. In order to to make up ground, I'm going to say Vinny LeCavalier. And I see by your face that's Marty St. Louis. Ah! (laughs) Ah! By the way, that is not a strategy. No, I think the strategy is get the answer. No, but I also thought I might be right. Yeah, but I I wasn't just like, you know what? It's not Gretzky. (laughs) That's like Paul Fenton going, you know what? Analytics, I know you're all proven and stuff, but I'm going to trade Nino Niederreiter. Is that 1814? How many are left? That's what it looks like, yes. Uh, Five left. Okay. <laughs> Not looking good, Chief. Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Matt Sundin. Adam? Matt oh. Sundin. Incorrect. Oh. Tyler Bozak. No, <laughs> sure. <laughs> what? Matt Sundin, everybody got it. Right. <laughs> like, I could have sworn I saw a group video somewhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Adam, you're up first. Bray. Henrik Sedin. Henrik Sedin. Oh, I'm an idiot. What the fuck was I thinking? Wow. I was, my first wow. answer was Marcus Naslin. Yeah, that would oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe at one point he was. I don't know. It's Henrik. Henrik. All right, that was is, dumb. What was? What was? This I is a fun one. Steven, you're up well, first. Your instinct is like older players. Yeah, because that right? era, right? Yeah, that insane... and it's all time points. Right? Yeah, you just want longevity. Um, this is a fun one. The Vegas Golden Knights. Steven, oh, you're up first. Fun. Jonathan Marchessault. Adam. I'm gonna say um, William Carlson. William Carlson, oh, well yeah. done. Come on. Because remember he had that crazy season? Yeah. How, oh, I know, but yeah. how close is it? Marshy had a good one, too. Uh, I don't know what the who's in second, but William Carlson has 134 Damn. points. As a it's got to be Marshy, so. Fuck. Oh. No, it was Carlson. <laughs> no, no, I mean you're second. Yeah, second. Oh, yeah. Second yeah. Time, though, for sure. <laughs> the, no. watch Except when it's not. <laughs> Except no. no. Except you're wrong. <laughs> was that 20 to 16? Yeah. You've lost. But yeah. we'll finish. Jeez, with I'm not even going to hit 20. The Washington Capitals? Ovi. 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 Everyone's right. And uh, Steven, you can go first on this one. The Winnipeg Jets. Which would include the Thrashers. Yeah. Yes. Ilya Kovalchuk. Adam? 
Or maybe not. I am going to say Blake Wheeler. That's interesting, but it's Ilya Kovalchuk. Ah! <laughs> yeah, right, well. That's interesting, but no. <laughs> 21 for Adam. Blackjack. 18 for Steven. Damn. I'm surprised. Well done. I'm oh. surprised I got a passing grade. Well done. I'm pleased. In a game yeah. that was not supposed to be a head-to-head competition, <laughs> you lost. In a game that I tripled in length because of my stupidity. Uh, hey, what do we say? Midsummer iceberg. <laughs> You're in mid-season form, my friend. No matter how hot it is outside, the iceberg always comes to play. You know how you get to Carnegie Hall, don't you? Practice. <laughs> All right. So we'll be back. Wait, when are you going away? When are we back? Um... When you go to, I think Florida. I'll be home for Monday. Okay, but I'm not sure because I know so we, we have a week off delay. somewhere in here. I might not be. I'm we not sure. We might have to delay till Tuesday. Yeah, but we could do it. When do you leave? You leave Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. We might take next week off because it oh. might make sense to take next week off, and then sign. come back with a vengeance the following. Martyr's going to sign the second I land in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, well. Now, if Martyr does come back, we'll come back. But I think we should take next week off and have do the final week of the summer leading into... We're going to have, at that point, I believe we'll have rookie camp to talk about. The 26th, the week of the 26th. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll have, you know, we'll talk about pairing down the rods. We'll have a whole bunch of things, so hockey soon will kind of ramp up. So expect that. We probably won't have a show next week, mm-hmm. but that the next show that we do have, there will be things to talk about. And I will lick my wounds because I just lost. God, those trivia questions are awesome. Please keep those coming. And thank you so much for listening. We know it's Midsummer SDP, and we really appreciate the fact that you're still coming, man. It's awesome. When did they get Wooly Yokin in the blues? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.